Welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Here we are. 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 Where is here? Well, well, we'll, we're going to talk about Diablo 4 later, but I'm going to say it's Diablo 4-esque here in the northeastern part of the United States. And you found uh, yourself in Sanctuary? Uh, I wish I was in Sanctuary right now. I bet the air quality is better. Let's just say the sky has a certain California wildfire orange to it um, Mm -hmm. going on right now. Uh, Of course, if uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, parts of Canada are uh, having uh, severe wildfires and that smoke is blowing into the United States. Canada! Uh, And boy, it is weird out there. I'm sure, Brad, you are familiar with this kind of weirdness. Oh, yeah. But uh, it is. Yeah, I dug up some drone footage from that blood red day in 2020 uh-huh. this morning of the city that looks like straight up Blade Runner. Yep. Uh, I thought at the time that was just going to be a California thing that ever, that we were going to deal with annually, but apparently everybody's going to get it sooner or later. So goes California, so goes the world. That's what they say uh, with like emissions and, and car manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And now I guess with uh, the color of the sky. Just exporting our natural disasters now. Um. Yeah, it's been a real it's, fucking roller coaster these last couple of days, man. Like I, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before. I straight up closed on the house yesterday. Congratulations, thank you. And as we were driving back from the title office after signing all the stuff, handing over the check and all that shit, it's just like, oh, cool. I can't even see off the George Washington Bridge because everything is so encased in smoke. I can't see more than like ten feet in front of me. It is. It is weird out there, and obviously we say that, and I hope everybody who is directly affected by the fires is finding safety, and I know it's real yeah. a shit show out there. So. I mean, look, we're just getting the blowback off of yeah. it. Canada sounds like it is not in a good way right now. So, uh, But this is definitely something. I, I'm, I'm with you, Brad. I When we hear about the stuff in California, did not expect to have here in New Jersey uh, and look outside and have it be, you know, Looks like nine o'clock at night, but orange. Mm-hmm. So weird, and it and it stinks, yeah. and it smells terrible. It stinks. Uh, it stinks. I will say uh, on a slightly po- weird positive note, I feel like everybody's got an N95 mask in in, mm-hmm. in their pocket. Oh, uh, I definitely saw some people commenting on the well. People going around saying, you know, those N95 masks you got for the global pandemic we've been living for the last three years are actually really handy for uh, unbearable air quality due to un- out of control wildfires is definitely the kind of thing you're going to see. You know, let's say if there are historians in the future uh-huh. uh, going back and be like, so that's probably the point where it turned. <laughs> where I mean, <laughs> yeah, CBSI was straight up distributing N95s to us, to employees at the door back. And I think it was 2018 was the first time we had wildfires bad enough that they were like, hey, don't go outside. This is oh, bad wow. for your yeah. lungs and we, uh, possible risk of future cancer. You should not be out there like they straight up. You'd walk in the lobby and they're like, here's your mask. So I, I was acquainted with N95s for a couple of years before mm. uh, time, time to get acquainted with the AQI. Uh-huh. Now uh-huh. you're at it. Time to. I feel like the air quality, I've said this before, the air quality index should not be a thing that you understand intuitively the same way that you do temperature. No, right, right, but I'm yes. learning like, it I now. Shouldn't, I shouldn't know that above 50 is where things start to get questionable. Like, you shouldn't have to know that. At some point yesterday, I think I saw that New York City had the worst air quality of any city in the world, uh, at least at you know some hour peak of the day. And I'd say, I think it's worse today. 
I saw somebody somebody up in Canada on a Discord that I'm on was up in the 500s yesterday, which is like I've never seen anything like that before. Like I think 300 like, is the like, highest I've ever seen. Like it was like in the low mid 300s, I think here in the worst places when it's gotten really bad. But good lord, I don't know I, where in Canada they were. Maybe like right, right next rough. to the fires. I think ours when I looked earlier it might be different now. It was around 200. that's also bad i Um, think like basically like 50 to 100 is like kind of the highest like questionable area you want to be out like above 100 better to stay in they cancel all the kids like outdoor activities they are inside there's a there's a concert tonight which i assume will be on unless people are just i mean aside from the actual air quality stuff which is a serious health concern it's just freaky as hell yeah, it's just it's deeply just, unsettling. It's very deeply unsettling. experience. I was telling my wife, I was like, "Oh, you know, you should go outside, and you know, you should probably take a picture." She's like, "I don't want to. I don't. I, this I don't remember too, this. Yeah, this is just too weird." Also, your phone won't actually take an accurate picture of it because all iPhones now have auto white <laughs> yeah. balance, and you can't turn it off. Uh, she, I asked her because she's got actual cameras that yeah. she, that she can go. Yeah, I. Uh, for me, being colorblind, it's like this just ain't right. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not sure exactly what I'm seeing, but it, I know that it ain't, right. ain't right. That that ain't right. Uh, it, that, that's wrong. So, yeah. Welcome weird. to wrong world. We live here. Yeah, I I've just, just bought property in wrong world. Can't <laughs> yeah, fucking right. wait. Right. If you thought it was bad in New Jersey before with the air quality, yeah. uh, welcome to it now. So yeah, again, um, you know we're we're getting a lot of the uh, let's call it second third hand smoke from the oh, fires. Yeah. I don't want to whine we too much about it. We know we're not suffering as bad right. as anyone who is in the direct path of this shit. And you know our hearts go out to anyone that is actually you know really in the thick of this stuff. It's just it just sucks here. It's not actual apocalypse, but uh, there, it sounds like right now in parts of Canada it is just straight up a nightmare. My brother, who's in upstate New York, um, had sent me a picture earlier yesterday with his mask on when he was going for a walk. And I was unaware that it was, you know, seeping in at that point and was like, what's going on. And then by about midday yesterday, it was like, this is what's going on. Yeah. Um, so we have every air filter in the apartment going right now, all the windows shut, all the, <laughs> you know, everything is sealed up as it possibly can be. And let me tell you, it's not helping that much. Yeah. Time, time to set up Home Assistant and buy some smart bulbs and then write an automation to make an AQI light bulb. Oh, boy. Just, just put the light bulb right next to the door. What color would you make it? If, bright if red? Oh, well, the AQI scale has has colors associated with it, okay. so you could you could bind it directly. It's, it's basically green to purple, I think. Oh, boy. I think purple is the worst. It goes, goes green, yellow, orange, red into purple once... I think basically by the time you're getting into orange, you're like, don't go outside. These are not colorblind. Flee now. Uh, I have a window in the basement still open. It's probably why it smells down here because I have to make the trade off between the, do I want the weird basement smells or a little bit of the, the, the heavy smoke smell, uh, boy, the trade offs we make. Yeah. I mean that, that was the truly nightmarish thing three years ago was that nobody has air conditioning here and it was the middle of the summer. Yeah. Mm. So it was, you can't open any of your windows Ugh. Ugh. because literal ash and cinder are blowing in. I mean, yeah. like I made that mistake one afternoon and there were, there was literal ash all over the apartment. That's like bananas. Three days to find and clean it all. Jeez. So, so either let a bunch of smoke and ash in your house or Swelter. let it be, let it be 95 degrees in there. Uh, I know some air conditioners can try and do, um, 
or or can filter through. They probably can't condition the air uh, the the air inside without uh, venting to the outside. But that probably just means you're just doing like a fan inside. I, I, ah. Anyway, video um, games. Video games. Yes, that's what's uh, important right now. Um, we are here to talk about them. They are. There are some of them to talk. Well, let's just jump into Diablo Four. Let's get in there. Yeah. Speaking let's of just a go hell, to hell. hellish, uh, yeah, hellish landscape. Yes, Diablo Four. Lilith is a climate change denier. <laughs> she, and for that, she must pay. If anything, she's an accelerationist. I think. Look, she created this world. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Is basically Lilith's, Lilith's whole thing. I actually don't know what Lilith's. Uh, uh, motivations are we know that Lilith, the mother of sanctuary, the mother of creation, let's say in the lore of Diablo, Fraser's uh, ex-wife, uh, Fraser's ex-wife has come back to sanctuary uh, or been summoned back to sanctuary in some capacity to gather up the the flock. Let's mm-hmm. say to, to the get posse, the, the posse, and um, you know, I'm sure she has the best of intentions. She's. She, uh, let me get this right. She is a demon. She wanted to escape the war between heaven and hell, kind of created sanctuary as a kind of a, uh, um, Casablanca, let's say, uh, of, uh, and then kind of humans are in there too. And humans are caught between this war between heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. There's a with you. The, the angel, what's his name? Uh, Anarius. Anarius, who's kind of an asshole. He's also mixed in there. The he was who, also in prison in hell for several hundred years. So I, I, they, they, people seem pretty understanding <laughs> that he's an asshole for a reason. Uh, Anarius kind of roped into some human version of this where he is the father of sanctuary and his light will guide them. And when he ascends back to heaven, heaven apparently in the lore of the church of light, heaven was not happy that he created humanity, but he'll be let back in once he defeats Lilith. And that's the prophecy. And they will he will bring the humans that have bathed in his light back with him to heaven. So you get this whole kind of interesting take on, I mean, it's very Christianity, very like it is, but it's all fictionalized. Like they're not specifically calling out like any sort of like, you know, Christian figures. It's all just sort of like, here's the, here's the through line of religion that you kind of know, but we're just going to make it all like kind of heavy metal. I yes. don't know, man. I'm just rolling around, clicking on stuff until it dies, and occasionally hitting numbers one through four. That seems sensible. Yeah, that's that's, that's probably a safe way to go. I mean, you are a sinner, but uh, hey, you know, listen, you got to do what who you among do. us really. Uh, they're pretty. Uh, the Church of Light doesn't like a sinner, but uh, no, they're. But let he who cast the first stone, you know, like a lot of those people seem pretty fucking corrupted. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. I, am, I am. I am pretty into like how many people in this world are just reveling in the chance to like align with the demons. Like half the side quests involve somebody just saying, fuck it, man. <laughs> seems way more fun. I either by choice or proxy or uh, coincidence. Somebody has gotten into league with a demon. Uh, yeah, I have. Banished more than a few that have inhabited people. I have destroyed more than a few people that have been in league with demons. I've left at least one skinless guy chained and <laughs> writhing to a thing because he uh, got in bed with the wrong demon. That was literally—it's literally just the plot of Hellraiser. They did uh-huh. a Hellraiser side quest. Uh, this sanctuary—it's got a demon problem. It's infested. You yeah. can't walk more than two feet without a swarm of ghouls or goatmen or somebody. Getting on your ass. They got demons in the walls, man. They got to gut that place. So 
that all would be for naught if uh, the gameplay in it and the dropping loot, clicking things, make the numbers uh-huh. go up weren't very good. And I have found it to be pretty good so far. It's pretty Chase- satisfying. It's chasing it's chasing loot uh, around the map oh, yeah. constantly, waiting for stuff to drop. And they have made it. I have, I'm mostly going to be talking about what is mostly burned into my brain, which is Diablo 1 and some of 2. Uh, if stuff has come out in three, that is the same. I apologize if I'm just kind of talking about features that are in it. I, I think I said this during our stream. I did not keep up with Diablo three. So wherever that game ended up, if it is very close to Diablo four, uh, I don't know. Like it's very possible that, you know, it just wound up in a place that's similar, but this process is streamlined. Mm -hmm. You go into a dungeon you click and kill things until they're all dead and they've dropped, and then you just town portal back and drop off your loot to either salvage or sell and get back in that dungeon and keep filling up those bags. Then on to the next. It is. A, and the load times are fast. Uh, they have put all the blacksmiths and chests very near the town portals. It is a machine of loot just happening uh-huh. uh, constantly. Which is what you want from a game like this. Yeah. Though, uh, I don't know if you guys have engaged too much with the socketing upgrade mechanics. I feel like every time I'm finally saying, all right, I've got a legendary, I'm going to go upgrade it. About 20 minutes later, I'm not using that thing anymore. I Yeah, I mean, yes, that is, you know, there, there are pretty significant upkeep costs associated with everything. Mm-hmm. You got to pay to unsocket things. You got to pay to combine gems. You got to pay to do everything. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of gold that comes out of selling <laughs> things and a lot of mats that comes out of salvaging them. So that's kind of fine. I haven't like bumped into it yet, but. I am engaging with that stuff out of necessity because I don't know how it is for you guys and your classes. I think we're all on world tier two. I am because I think world tier one's kind of boring. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it got really hard past level 20. I don't know what's going on. I just did my rogue class quest or at least the first one this morning. And like, it got fucking hard. Like I died like eight times in the dungeon that I was doing my rogue quest in. I don't know. I don't know if that has to do with level scaling past 20. Because I also noticed that loot, I, I very much went from every single thing that's dropping has green numbers on it to uh-huh. past level 20. Now, 90% of things that are dropping have red numbers on it. Mm. And that's also around the time the difficulty spike happens. So, like, I'm fucking grasping for everything I can now, socketing gems. Like, I okay. I imprinted my first aspect you did. this morning, okay. which was a game changer because it turned that flurry move I've got from right in front of me to 360 degrees. Which means that I can not only hit everything around me, but also inflict like shadow or poison or whatever on everything around. Like it's a huge that that one aspect that I got out of a dungeon was huge. I haven't for, done the aspect yet because um, I think to get the aspect back, you have to destroy the weapon, right? Well, there, there's two versions. There's the you, you unlock aspects in dungeons that go in the codex of power and you can use yeah. those as many times as you want, but they're weaker than the ones that you can extract off of weapons. But those oh. are single use. Like you break down, you break down a legendary that has a good aspect on it. Uh, you get that aspect and can imprint it on another item. But then that's it. If you break down that item, it's gone. Oh, so it's a, it's okay. a one, it's a one chance chance to okay move, move the power from a weapon you got it's, to another weapon. So it's basically like infusing a new weapon with that old weapon's power, just kind of indirectly. Like yes. you're basically breaking a weapon to get its special ability. But I think it's legendaries only, and I haven't found yeah. any legendaries yet, so I haven't actually, this is just what I've read about I've it. I've gotten a bunch but. of legendaries. They have a little extra text box that's usually like, 
for me, it's like, hey, you can summon an extra skeleton or or something like that. Yeah. So I assume that's like your your move where it's directly related to your class abilities. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm on a rogue. I don't, I don't know if the rogue just becomes inherently less survivable at some point because I was really having a hard time managing aggro and getting out of the way of AOEs and just getting focused down constantly mm-hmm. by shitty goat men. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, but. Yeah, like I mean, I'm, I guess the uh, the positive version of that is like I'm really having to think about what I'm doing at every moment. Like it's not right. actually just mindlessly clicking on stuff until it dies. Like I was kind of I, I don't know about you guys. I'm having to really resist my tendency to just spread myself around whatever. It's like mm-hmm. oh that bow ability looks fun. Like oh this knife thing's cool. Like I just want to try a little bit of everything. Like I can't do that anymore. I'm having to. Especially with only six skill slots. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you really have to pick and choose and, like, focus down on a build. So I'm full in, like, daggers and daggers and shadow damage right now is what I'm trying. Like, I just had to cut bows entirely out of my build. Yeah, I... Um, so so I'm playing Druid, and I, I'm basically, like, I unlocked all the main abilities that you get, like, the first ones you get uh, as the first six. And all I've been doing since then is just building those up. Yeah. And at some point, I imagine I will start trying some other things, but it seemed like where I was at, the better part, like the way to go approach that stuff was just to make sure that things you had were maxed because experimenting with a bunch of stuff wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I've seen some people. So the Necromancer, I think, is is uh, my character's not having those issues. I, I've only died like three times and I'm in. I, I die on bosses. And it's, I've died about three times. I'm in the mid to late forties now, or sorry, thirties level wise. Mm -hmm. But my problem is on bosses, I need to generate corpses of things to, and a boss will wipe out my entire, my, my army that I'm rolling with is like nine characters deep. Right. So I'm pretty much not getting hit. I go from a hundred to zero if, if I get hit. Uh, but if a boss kills my entire party and I can't generate enough corpses off of hitting the boss or ads, I'm sunk. Like I'm mm-hmm. dead in the water. That's definitely, I've been reading a fair amount of discussion from like people who finished the campaign already. And like resource generation has seems like a pretty common issue with most classes right now. So like, yeah, since I, since I went this dagger only build, like I never quite have enough energy to keep doing all my moves. So I I've talked, or I've seen some people talking in our discord and around, uh, about stuff just discussing the game and it seems like a couple of people were agreeing that they respect maybe every five to ten levels to kind of readjust where all their points are allocated yeah. to, to make a new a different build that adjusts to where the game is uh because the game is now where i'm at and probably where you maybe things changed for you brad is uh there's just mobs that that break through you just can't dodge everything the, the dodge doesn't re- yeah. come back fast enough there there's like usually one or two overpowered boss like elites in a in a mob and then just tens if not 20 uh you know things surrounding you that um status effects are more now you know there's like um characters will will just uh, freeze me or put me in a state of panic or something like that but for the necromancer it's just such a different game because you have a group of people taking the hits for you um, right you have this little skeleton army that is constantly chasing you around it's really very, very different, and I just had to refocus my build to be like, how can I, how can I generate more corpses? There are abilities that actually make corpses on hit damage rather than death. So, um, it's having the six abilities to choose from is tough, uh, and luckily the refund cost for abilities is not punishing. And I'm, you know, there's, I have tons of cash, I've- but. I really wish they had a training ground. That's the only thing I wish they had some kind of training ground to just be like, okay, before you 
spend all this money to put it into a new type of build. Do you want to check it out? Because mm-hmm. I have no idea how it's going to work in reality. I've also I found it pretty generous about dropping items that give you temporary abilities. Like I'm getting those kind of constantly at this point. Like it's like this one. Some of them are single abilities. It's like, oh, you get a rank in blank ability if you equip this weapon. But I got mm-hmm. one this morning that was straight up like plus one to all imbuement powers. So it's <laughs> yeah. like shadow, poison, and cold for me. So I can actually just like try all of those for a little bit. Right, but at level one, right? Which is like, uh, maybe. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of those. Also, the uh, the buffs in the dungeons are nice sometimes where you get the electric buff or the overpowered buff. And I had one where I, I saw a boss door and I forget what it's called, but it's the one where you just shoot arrows out of you for a while. You just like starts uh, like arrows just shoot out of your character for a while. And I was like, oh, man, can I can I open the boss door and then just get this thing and roll into the boss? And sure enough, I did. And mm. it just melted the boss. Uh, I was able to just stand to the side and melt. Again, Necromancer has a bunch of people to take aggro. So I just stood to the side and melted the boss. Uh, yeah, I um, I had I had been rolling pretty casually through it on World Tier 2 until I started hitting bosses that would wipe out my entire skeleton army. And then I had to rethink how I was playing and spec a little differently uh, because I'd never have had that happen before. But um, for that class, at least it seems manageable so far i'd say on world tier two i've did two um strongholds are they called the um the red skull the red skull yes i haven't seen any of those yet there's there's like cellars which take five minutes dungeons which are like a good 20 Mm -hmm. and then i have not seen a stronghold yet yeah i have not i've seen a stronghold i've not done a stronghold yet they'll occasionally lock a dungeon quest behind a stronghold so they'll be like you have to do this first um and they're kind of neat because they usually take place over an outdoor period of the map that you have to like a bigger area that you have to walk around and, and complete objectives. So I've done two of those and that's where I wound up dying uh, to that boss was in a stronghold. It, it okay. was a little, it was pretty rough in there, but they um, level those up plus two from where you are on the scale. I think kind of oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, so I'm not the biggest Diablo expert in the world. I mean, it, realistically, I think three is the only one I've spent significant time in. Um, but the thing I'm finding with this one is that a lot of it seems very manageable as a solo thing, though occasionally I will run into situations where it feels like certain class, or like my class in particular, does not handle, you know, like, say, the end fight or of a dungeon or, you know, a particular thing, like, as well as maybe it would in a group situation. But also the group stuff does not feel like it is 100% balanced. Like, I know they're doing this thing with... You know, basically, whoever is attacking an enemy, that enemy automatically balances to whatever their level is. And I think that's cool. And I think that the ability to sort of, like, drop in and drop out, it seems pretty seamless. But the weird stuff with, like, hey, only one player can see these cutscenes. And, you know, like, the way missions don't show up on the map unless you're the leader. And so those are the only missions that are available to you. Like, some of that stuff feels, like, a little hinky. It's, yeah, some of the connective tissue in the game, I think, is a bit underbaked. Um, you can see in the quest log, at least if the host has other quests than you and if you're, you know, what your eligibility is and stuff like that. It is also pretty easy to switch who the leader is. Uh, I, we, we found as we were doing yeah. that stream. So have, have you guys done any class specializations yet? Uh, that's the, that's the thing I got out of that first rogue quest. I don't know. There may be more quests. I'm not sure, but like if I found that all some of the, some of the later class specialty stuff that just is not tutorialized well. 
Hmm. Like they just dropped this rogue quest in my quest log at some point when I hit, I think level 15 without really pointing my attention to it. And then when I went and did it, I get this, like I get this exchange with this like rogue teacher going like, Oh, you've learned everything you can learn. I can't teach you anything else. And then she just bounces and I'm like, okay, what's my cool (laughs) class thing now? Now what? And unless I missed a notification somewhere amidst 800 skeletons exploding around me, (laughs) which you might have. Like, I went back to the specializations tab, and it had just unlocked two of the three without really any fanfare. Like, one of, one of them is just like, okay, now you can build combo points off of your basic attacks, and then when you cash in the energy attacks, it caches those combo, combo points in for, like, you know, damage bonus or whatever. I forget what the other one was. But anyway, it was just like, I, any amount of, hey, you should go try this now. Here's what the new thing you just unlocked would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it just it's some of it feels like it's not quite all there. I the the I think the necromancer version of that is the Book of the Dead, where you manage your your um your um the skeletons and the uh, pets. You know, pet. You know, it's a kind of pet class. I I was wondering also if some of this was coming over from other Diablo stuff, where people are more familiar with it because they don't they don't kind of go into the skeleton maintenance stuff that much either. You're just mm-hmm. um. You know, I had no idea that I could have two groups, the mages and the warriors at the same time, and then that the the golem was going to be its own special uh, summon. And uh, I think that that stuff is just kind of out there. I mean, I got it after a while. You know, it didn't take very long, but I could see where they're dropping in stuff that's like, oh, you don't know this? This was, this was, we, we introduced the specializations for the world. How do you not know this? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, You just need, just need to find a good skeleton garage to handle your skeleton maintenance. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody should have a good skeleton guy. Every skeleton guy is out there to screw you, man. I'm telling you. This this carburetor starting to knock in the skeleton. Can you help me? (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that, uh, but that aside, I, and, and kind of the, uh, wish that i could um practice with a couple of more things there's also a lot of terminology that sometimes it like there's 60 percent. let's give it 70 percent of the way there to explaining in certain powers they'll have a little text underneath that's like hey hey hey, hey where i know we're using all these words like fortify and these things and like let me just remind you what that actually means in the game um they do a decent job but sometimes they don't have that text there and when you're playing with a controller and I've gone back and forth between controller and mouse, you can't just roll over a text to get a pop-up uh, and you can't, or at least I couldn't easily find a way with a controller to highlight status effects, which sometimes you'll just be like, what is this icon that's over my character's hop bar with a mouse? You just roll over and you're like, Oh, I've, I've got this. I'm, I'm, you know, in this state. So some of that stuff is a little weird, but the clicking and the and the and the exploding skeletons is pretty fun so far. There's a lot of good demonic stuff to kill in that game, I will say. Yeah, I'm I'm like as much as I feel like the look of this game is kind of an overreaction to the backlash to three. I'm also way into how much this just feels like a throwback yeah. to the nineties. Mm-hmm. Because the that first game in particular was just gothic as hell. Mm-hmm. And this feels kind of in line with that. It's definitely in that neighborhood. Um yeah, I, I don't know how the leveling curve throughout the campaign is going to work and stuff, because it feels like it's fucking overstuffed with content. Like, I I don't know how long the acts are, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm even that many missions into Act 1 out of 6, and I'm already level 25. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I've still got like most of the side quests left to do in this first starting area. Like, I mean, it goes up to level 100. Yeah. And obviously, there's plenty of room. I think World Tier 3 unlocks at 50, if I'm not mistaken. Like, obviously, there's plenty, plenty of ramp left to go, but it just feels like I am. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how long? How long is this damn game? How many side quests are in this damn game if there are six acts? And there I'm, are like, a lot of side quests. Barely into the first one because I just uh, keep finding other stuff to do. So as you complete side quests, new side quests just open up. Like even in the same town, like you will just like, oh, you did this one. How about this one? You did this one. How about this one? I'm, I'm like I said, I'm in the mid thirties. I just, I want to say, no, I I don't think I did. I am in the process of finishing what I think is my last level or act one mission. So it's a little weird. They, they start populating act two and act three missions, even if you haven't finished doing act one missions. Like straight up at the beginning, (laughs) like they just give you missions quests from act one two and three all dotted around the map i'm like what (laughs) yeah it's a little confusing i kind of like it because you know it gives you a sense of take this at your own pace and not just railroad it into uh, certain missions but i do feel like i'm looking at those being like well i have to finish the act one ones before i do the act two ones that's just silly but um yeah i've been trying to scoop up side missions as they come up and i can't make any progress because they're never ending Yeah, you do one and just like two more appear. That's how they get you. Uh, But they've been fairly, I mean, look, all those fucking cellars are the same. You walk into a cellar, you turn left, and there's a a big room. And there's either a a person on a bed, a demon on a bed, Mm -hmm. a person floating, or a demon floating. You you know, and you you fight them. Yeah, Uh, I mean, if you want to follow that all the way back, though, kind of everything in this game is the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It, it, it look that is not an inaccurate that's it's pretty i'm not gonna say it's cookie cutter when you go down a set of stairs but you know wh- what am i doing i'm just following the parts of the map i haven't uncovered yet and and killing things yeah so, mm-hmm. like I, I mean there's a ton of nuance and for every sequel and things are different mechanically and stuff but i definitely have had the thought a couple times of just like you know, about every like five to ten years, they just make another one of these, and they are all kind of the same. I'd, whatever, that's the action RPG. Genre. I mean, that's that's lots of things. Look, I that's, I'm in no position to criticize this sort of thing. I play Madden every year. You know, like I I understand sometimes there is just a formula, and you just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like these are maybe a little more formulaic than a lot of games, a lot of genres. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily a bad thing. You know what you're signing up for, but. I guess the big thing we haven't really mentioned here is that this is an always online kind of, um, Oh buddy. It's not, I would say it's a, it's a multiplayer online game. It's yeah, not it's massive. A, it's you know? a shared world. Yeah. It's a yeah. shared world. So yeah, like you're seeing a lot of NPCs together in towns and like mm-hmm. fewer, but still some out in the world. Like they've got world events now. Yeah. Which I think are pretty awesome. Like I know destiny two was not the first game to introduce those, but that was where I saw them the first time. And that's just a fun way to like add, shit to do as you're roaming and like you know some you'll be struggling with one and a couple people will roll in and help you finish it and i was like oh that's a fun little social thing they don't yeah they don't advertise them you kind of stumble into them it's not like in other games where sometimes it'll say like destiny 2 for example will say like hey this is popping off right now or somebody's really involved in this or you're nearby something somebody's struggling in one you just kind of have to be in the ring of it and be like oh shit there's already loot on the ground somebody's in here um let me go help or, or do something. But in dungeons, I've seen a couple of people or in the, at least in the overworld, I've seen people fighting a thing 
and been like, oh shit, I'll, I'll help that. I, I don't know what's, I don't know what it is, but I will spam the button on this thing you're fighting uh, and help you out. So that's so neat. There is there is a dark side to the always online thing, which was being reported on today. Um, so they have that hardcore mode in there. Yeah, yeah. Don't get disconnected. Yes. Permadeath yes, thing. I, yes, I saw this. And uh, they were it was some sort of race going on to see who would be the first character to get to hundred level one hundred in hardcore mode, uh, and uh, someone did it. And then uh, as <laughs> yeah, they were after they did Monday. it. Yeah, and after they did it, after putting about 80-some-odd hours into the game, the game disconnected, which kills your character. Hey, listen. I was there Monday trying to connect. It sucked. It was a launch. It's If you're, if you're playing hardcore mode on launch day, I know you're trying to beat a thing. This was over multiple days. But I'm saying, if you're connected... With your hardcore character on launch day, you gotta be, and it's a Blizzard but, launch. But you know what, though? It's also not launch launch day, because remember, we got, the version we got access to was the version that all the people who spent like $100 to pre-order did, so yeah. it wasn't even the full slate of player no, no, base. I, oh, sorry, I thought you said this happened on, on launch day on Monday. It was a, it was a I, I don't know when it happened. I okay. saw the headlines this morning going around. But I think they had this. been playing since prior to that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, if you put they, 80 hours in, for yeah. sure. I think I think they hit 100 on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, is when that happens. Um, I'm not saying it's an excusable thing, but it sucked at like, like 6 or 7 o'clock at night when I tried to log in and was stuck at a queue. For thirty minutes trying to get in to play that game. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even bothered the last two nights. It's been like, fun. It's been fun for the last since since that one night for me at least. Uh, but that one night, you know, when it went full release, was kind of a nightmare. I saw they even rolled out a live patch and disconnected everybody. That's probably when that person got disconnected, if I had to guess, because I saw a lot. Because when I was like, "What is happening? I can't connect." So a lot of people would be like, "Fuck! I was just fighting a boss. You didn't even give like." <laughs> You know, what was it, the Windows network alert? <laughs> they ping everybody's computer. Hey, the network's coming down. Um, like, it just went down. Just, just rolled out a patch. Just absolute fucking hell. Diablo hell. Uh, I, yeah, it sucks. I haven't seen anybody do the, hey, pay like 30 extra bucks to play this early thing in a while. That's like some straight up 2018 Microsoft shit. Like, I don't, who else does that these days? But they sure did. EA is like, it will get you your um, play Madden early. Yeah, that, stuff, right? kind of happened. I mean, there's they've got the they've got their subscription service yeah. in there, kind of muddying that a little bit. Um, but this was just some straight up cash grab. <laughs> like, we know how bad you want to play this. Yeah. We know that you will buy the ninety or hundred dollar version of this Hell to yeah. do so. Um, I I don't know how the cross platform stuff and that stuff. I feel like also is maybe a little iffy. Because, like, I, I grabbed the PS5 version over the weekend because I wanted to play it on the couch and see how that version looked and also test, like, how the account-wide stuff works because they are selling a $100 version of this game. And on the upside, anything you unlock in any expensive version or in a battle pass or anything is account-wide. So you don't huh. have to, like, the $100 goodies you got on one platform, you don't have to go buy the $100 version again. Oh, that's... I mean, just, I was going to say the, that's nice, but that's quote, unquote, air yeah, quote that's, nice. Yeah, right? we're totally. So you can just buy the standard edition elsewhere and still have all the good shit that you got on like your okay. ultimate edition or whatever. They did not account for that with the early access, though. What? So even though I had been playing on PC with the ultimate edition, when I got the standard edition on PS5, I could not play it over the weekend. I still had to wait until Monday night. Like oh, it did not, oh, oh, like you're uh, a gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Like they, I mean... Your entitlements or whatever. Like yes. The, like, okay. 
I know, I know that's, I know that's built into the platform level. Like they just, okay. the PS5 saw it as a game that was not released because I didn't have the entitlement for the season pass or whatever it is in the back end that would make it playable. But it's kind of a bummer they didn't account for that. Okay. Um, but that's good to know that you can. Um, so your progress, items, yeah, all that stuff. Characters like, obviously come over. Once I finally got through the queue and everything, like my level twenty from the PC was just right there on the select screen. Like it was quite seamless in that way. It does not transfer like trophy achievement progress. Okay. Like, like none of the trophies popped on PS5 That's coming kind over of from weird coming over from the PS5. So you, could you just like unequip and then re-equip all your equipment to get that like know. loaded it's, out? Yeah, I, I googled around a little bit. I saw people with varying experiences of like, oh, I after I went out and killed something, they all popped all at once, oh. and then other people were like, it's never worked for me. Like, I mean, whatever, you know, trophies not a huge deal, but still, like some of the cross-platform stuff is not fully figured out here. So I've been, I, I almost wanted to get it on PS5 too. Cause I just wanted, I don't have 4k on my PC and I, I kind of wanted to see what it might look like in 4k with the HDR on, but I've been playing through the, um, Moonlight or Steam Link on the, on the, with the, it's very funny cause they changed the UI on the PS5 and, and consoles for controller. But when you play with the controller on the PC, the UI is not changed. Sure. Um, but it's fine. It's very functional. It's the same controller mappings. I'm sure. Uh, but I, I'm always curious to see how it would work because I'm I'm just playing PC with controller on the couch, but you know it's 1080 on that on that TV through the Steam Link and you know it doesn't it, it gets a little. I can see it a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Would like to see how it looks because I think that game does look good. Like when I play it on my PC, yeah. it is a nice looking game. I, I wish they would make a new Steam Link. Yeah, I now mean, that, I could just get a, a different device at this point. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can. I mean, you can do it on a Raspberry Pi or like yeah. a like a Shield Nvidia Shield TV will still work. I, think, I thought they were but, weren't they doing something with the Shield that was well. That's the the game stream stuff doesn't work stream. anymore. But you could probably still do Moonlight, I assume. Or anyway, the other one, Sunshine or <laughs> Sunshine is the yeah is the new game stream. Um, that just the Steam Deck is so huge at this point. Like something that ties into that ecosystem. Yeah. A little more would be nice because the old Steam Link sure is showing its age. Yeah. I, I, you know, look, I, I don't have a Steam Deck, but I wonder how this thing plays on there. I'm sure it plays I've, just I've, fine. I've seen, I've seen people talking about playing it. I think it might be verified. Okay. Have you tried it, Alex? I haven't tried it. I, I, I think the thing I read was that it works well, but you do have to do tweak a couple of things just to, to get it like fully functional. Yeah, to be clear, this isn't a Steam game. This is a yeah, Battle.net yeah. game. Um, so you you would be side-loading in. Um, For the, now? Yeah. Are they going to bring it to Steam, did they say? No, absolutely not, Oh, uh, as things stand. But Microsoft started putting all their first-party stuff on Steam like three, four mm, years ago. Mm. Okay. So I'm also event, playing on PS5, so. Yeah. Right. In the event that Activision Blizzard becomes part of Microsoft, maybe we'll see Blizzard games on Steam someday. Who knows? Uh, as it, I, I don't know what you do on the Steam Deck, but um, just kind of adding non-Steam game to Steam, and you have to you have to click through the Battle.net launcher, but it seems to work just fine after that. I I play through Moonlight mostly, um, not Steam, but I did try it through Steam, and it seemed to just work fine through there, which is nice. I didn't have to go through any hurdles, uh, and just played with a regular Xbox controller, and it seemed to be just fine to the point where when I play with the mouse and keyboard, I'm like. You know, this wasn't so bad with a controller. Uh, yeah, it might be okay. It's not bad yeah. with a controller. It's, yeah. It's totally fine. I, I will say going back and forth is a little tough. <laughs> like I've got muscle memory on my yes. fingers for number keys for specific abilities and then <laughs> having to go every time I go back to the controller, remember which one of those goes where. Totally. Tough. 
Yes. Yes. Um, oh. Fun game though. I it, yeah. it totally derailed me from playing um, Tears of the Kingdom and Same. everything else. Uh, it's it's a very the, this is Diablo's bread and butter, right? It's a very I don't have to think too hard right now for me. Uh, I you know there's some complexity in managing the character and stuff like that, but point me in the right direction and I just make a bloodbath and it's not a lot of puzzle solving. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of not it's a lot of just demon murdering. Just an not endless parade right, yes. of de- demon murdering. It's more about am I in the right position? Am I doing the right tactical stuff? And am I making the numbers go up? Ooh. The the good drop sound just happened. Mm-hmm. Let me uh that guy yeah, just exploded drop. into coins. So fun so far. Uh, I the other thing that seems very light in this game, and I don't know if this was in Diablo three or any other version, the clan stuff seems kind of just there. It, it's it it's a way to keep track of your friends yeah. that you want to play with, but that's kinda seems like it. Like I don't think it's unlocking any other skins or like it's not like you're getting points for your clan for accomplishing goals. It's just seems like a bigger friends list, more more specialized friends list. Which yeah, it would be nice if they fleshed it out a little bit. Yeah, I was surprised. I'm sure they probably had announced this prior to launch that it shipped without the battle pass. Like that they're waiting until season one starts to roll the battle pass in, even though that's part of what you get with the expensive version of the game. Uh, so I wonder if more clan and social features maybe are coming once they start ramping up on end game and seasonal stuff. You could see it. The hooks are there. They have a um, customized, they have profile cards for your character, you know, so mm-hmm. you customize, uh, um, what do they call them? Titles, uh, backgrounds, stances, probably, I don't know, all that kind of thing, all that kind of stuff I could, I'd, could go in there. The, the cross, the cross platform friends list works quite well i would say it's about 90 percent pc players on i have a pretty big friends list across mm-hmm. all three about 90 90 10 pc to ps5 have not seen a single xbox player no kidding yeah on my, on my friends list yet huh dude they have a roadmap for this i can look up somewhere like i wonder if they'll do um any kind of pvp arenas or stuff oh that's in there there is a pvp or i don't know if it's on yet but they've announced whatever that is it's there's a name okay. for it i can't remember everything some you know fucking like plane of torment or health <laughs> hellfire hellfields okay or something have but they have they have detailed the pvp if it's not in yet i'm not sure um I'd be, i at this point i think i just i don't want to play in the pvp i just want to see people's thoughts on the class balancing in pvp right mm-hmm. like um you know, I wonder if the rogue is like, oh shit, that's the cl- that's the PvP class, but PVE it's really tough um, because you would pick to just target the player and not the skeletons or or the, the you know, yeah, and, and just shred a player versus the PVE. They are always just you know certain cl- certain things have aggro and they're the, the computer's just going towards all these things, and I luckily they're not touching me because it's an AI, you know, it's the computer's program, but a player would shred me in two seconds. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't last at all. So curious just to see how that stuff stacks up. When we played together, uh, aside from if you're too far ahead or too far behind, seeing the the quests and stuff. Aside from that stuff, the network stuff seemed fine. And when we played together in the yeah uh, pre-release version of it, seemed to hold up. Uh, players can go wherever they want. It, you're not like um, rubber banding to each other or anything like that. You just explore the world wherever you want. The scaling seemed. It seemed more challenging than when I was alone, right? So like right. when I was playing with you guys, obviously something was happening with the mechanics of the game where I had to pay more attention to the combat arena than when I play by myself because um, 
it was harder. I, I was I was taking more hits, or I don't know if it's spawning more monsters or what, but it was definitely it was definitely doing something in there. And mm-hmm. um, it seemed like you guys, it, it was challenging. It, yeah. it didn't feel, even though I was like ten or fifteen levels ahead of you guys, it still felt very challenging. So it was interesting. I, I like that part. I think the thing, Brad, you mentioned this on the stream. The only thing that it's not that big an issue, but it is a little deflating. The constant scaling of everything to your level, uh, where they just continually scale the world to where you're at, so you're never just 10 levels ahead of where a zone was. It doesn't pin a zone there, but you do have all the powers and the gear and the ability once you go back, and you kind of can stomp through some of it, but it's not like you're just you know, <laughs> shredding things from the starting zone. I yeah, understand why you do that, but it's kind of a bummer that they did that. Yeah. Never, never going to be a cakewalk. Um, I guess the upside of the, that is that I have like eight side quests I haven't done. Some of which I picked up right at the beginning of the game. And at least those will all still be like yeah. in- interestingly challenging by the time I get around to them. So there's that, but yeah, it's got, it's got trade offs. It's kind of funny to see your quest list just constantly at your level. Uh, it's just something you don't see in games a lot where it's just like, yeah, sure. Yes, now I'm level 34. This quest I got 20 hours ago is also now level 34. Uh, that's Diablo 4. It is $70 to get in the door to play, like we said before. Are they selling that $100 version still? Because it comes with other benefits, right? Yes. I'd have to go like double horse. Okay, heads up. They promote the the hell out of that horse in the, in the materials. Mm-hmm. You don't you get should it know, right away. You should know you do not get that horse I, for a while. I was thinking about that this morning because, yes, like you can go to the stable within like 30 minutes of starting the game and look at your fancy horse skins, but you sure as hell can't ride them. Yeah, and um, it's on all the promotional material I, stuff for that big version. I, I was thinking about it this morning, and then when it hit me, like, oh, right, this is the company that made World of Warcraft. Like, remember how big a milestone it was to get your mount in that game? Like, of course <laughs> they're going to bury this horse behind a bunch of progression and story. Yeah. But um, it, as a platform, it seems pretty good. I'll say. I, if I if I remember, I think getting the accelerated battle pass is a big part of the expensive version. Okay. Um, but there are some unique cosmetics. I think I think there are some things that you can only get with that hundred dollar version. But you can also most of it. I think is just getting the battle pass. Once that happens, can I pay obols? for my battle pass murmuring obols hmm. at some point i haven't spent any of those yet oh probably, you guys oh you should just should probably i spent a that. few i haven't gotten much of anything of note out of it though so a you cap out you can get you can get you can get higher caps on it but you cap out so you should spend them but b it's basically a um a gotcha machine it's a you of course know, it is and so you just i just hit like pants 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 pants, pants. legendary awesome and then I'll just check that out. So, uh, Brad, I, that's your title for the podcast. Pants, 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 <laughs> pants. Legendary. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend going there and just spamming a thing. Also, the weird thing is those keys you get, there's usually garbage in those chests. So, like, it's just I've gotten vendor trash from all those silent chests. It, I wish I had just spent the money on the item to unlock the item from the Obol. I'd rather take my chances there. From that vendor, I have gotten like three legendaries from that Obel vendor just by spamming a certain thing. I try to fill in the blank where I don't have a legendary yet. What um, last thing I'll say real quick? They they actually make a lot of the account wide progression stuff fairly generous. Like those altars of Lilith and stuff like that. You're finding there are things that'll like get up your Obel capacity or yeah. like give you plus one to strength. Those are cross character. Those are basically every character you make from then on will get those as well. 
That's cool. And I, and I think you only have to play through the campaign once to unlock everything for subsequent characters. I don't know exactly how that stuff's going to work, but I think basically finish the game once and then you can make new characters and just jump right into seasonal stuff or whatever. You, this is a term that I, I feel like I might know what it means, but you probably know better than I do, Brad. What's a capstone dungeon mean? Mm, I think that is unique to this game. Um, okay. I believe you have to finish those to unlock the subsequent world tiers. That, that's what I was. Like, that's where I saw it. Like yeah. you have to like hit level fifty and then go do a certain capstone dungeon to get world tier three. I think. Does it just mean like it's like a like a benchmark dungeon or something? I, I don't is that know. How they're I've, using it. I've, okay. I've never seen that term before. It might be okay. unique here. Interesting. I, I again, I think it's a it's a cool Diablo platform. Like mm-hmm. it's it's um if if uh if you're looking to get into Diablo and never played it before, this seems like a good one to do that. Like I don't think you need to have played one, two, or three or any of that stuff. It seems you seem just fine jumping in here. I, I I will say comparing the early days of this game to those of Diablo three, <laughs> no comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to how that game launched. Yeah. I think they'll throw an auction house in here no. somewhere. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe like a like a totally in-game currency one. No, no real money auction house. But yeah, that, that's that stuffs. Yeah. Uh, Diablo Four out now, seventy dollars on the uh, PC uh, and all the consoles. No Switch version yet. Yeah, maybe they'll stream one in someday. I don't know. Possible. Um, but yeah, PS4, PS5, Xbox uh, platform. I bet, there. I bet this would be a good game on a new Switch. Let's say. Let's say, let's say, um, well, I don't know. You always got to be online. So that might, that might be a thing that makes it a little less portable. If you're breaking your online, uh, catch it now. Double four. The devil's out there. Go find him. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go shut some more windows and we'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by rocket money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. We got a couple of other games here to mention. Uh, let's stay on the spooky devil adjacent path right now stay on that devil adjacent path 
Amnesia the Bunker, a game that I probably shouldn't have been playing this morning as the sun was blotted out, but it was uh, uh, a pretty spooky time. This is the next in the Amnesia franchise. It's $25. I feel like that's... If you haven't played the Amnesia games, they're not necessarily like AAA blockbuster no. uh, games. They are, you know, they're a little janky or they're a little... Um, it's a $25 game and it feels about a $25 ish, you know, level of game. I'm just not saying it's bad. It's just, you know, that, that vibe. It's scary. I don't yeah. know. What, I don't, I, I don't know what, the, I don't know what to say. It's, I was like, I don't put down games because it's freaking me out too many times. And this was one of those ones that's like, this is stressing me out. Alex would hate this game. Oh Alex, yeah. Alex would not like this game I've- at all. I fucking love and fucking despise that first Amnesia game because it's one of the only horror games I was like, I mean, look, there are plenty of horror games I check out of because I'm like, I don't enjoy this. Uh, But I really wanted to power through that one because I was really into the atmosphere of it. But the getting chased around by horrific shit in that game is some of the most horrific of that, of like that entire genre. I never played a machine for pigs after seeing people not say it was super great. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is that this one is maybe a little bit of a throwback to uh, kind of original amnesia, hide in a closet monster stuff. So I, I'm not too far into it, but I am far enough to have multiple times the lights go out and horrible sounds happen around you where you're like, shit, 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 shit. I just want to get to a door. They do the cool thing where there are doors that you can lock. So, you know, you get into a room and the controls are fiddly and fumbly enough in kind of a good way mm-hmm. that um, it works for panicking. So they do a thing that probably feels very clunky on, on the controller. It a, feels a little bit better on the PC where to like shut a door, you have to hold the right trigger and then use the right stick to kind of like make the motion of shutting a door or opening a door. And that makes things just that much better. It's not just hit A to shut the door, right? You've got to like open and shut the door and then lock it. And it, and it really works, uh, I think, for this series and at least for this game. It takes place during World War One. You're um you're in a bunker, basically, the setup, and uh it's bad news in that bunker. There's uh something's in that bunker with you. You're kind of the only survivor so far, at least that I have found in this bunker. A lot of text, a lot of kind of putting the pieces together from notes and stuff that were left around. Writing's pretty good. VO's pretty good. Um, do you see the monster? Uh, I, like, bre- I, I feel like I feel like these games. I've not played one of these games, but it seems like it would be hard to show you too much too soon because the more you just stare at the thing head on, the less scary it gets. I saw the results of the monster. Uh, I've seen, let's say, maybe bits of the monster, but I have not yet seen full on monster. Uh, I don't think it's that kind of game. And the, yeah, there's something in the walls kind of game, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's in the walls probably sucks. It's de- it definitely su- it sucked for the one guy that really got intimate with the, the thing in the walls. I'll say that, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing reload for the revolver. You mm-hmm. basically have, you have a revolver and you have to hold a button uh, to put it into reload mode and he'll shake out the empty casings and then one by one insert a new bullet into uh, uh, into the gun. It is the slowest fucking thing in the world. 
and the ammo scarcity is laughable. You know, like you, you, I have not had a full, like six rounds in that gun yet. Uh, it is, if you have not reloaded that gun before you need it, you uh-huh. might as well just throw just it. Just give up. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, everything is, but it's, it works for the environment they're, they're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this, uh, it's World War One, so you have this flashlight, as you can imagine, and not a lot of, uh, battery powered stuff, um, you know, aside from giant batteries. So you have this flashlight that has like a wind up <laughs> mechanism on it that it's like, oh yeah, to keep your flashlight going, you gotta like, uh, do this pull cord on it, but don't make too much noise. You're like, well, f- well, fuck you. I, I'm gonna stay in the dark. I gotta, I gotta get my ass out of here. Um, Cool. It's it's a fun game so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, fun. Yeah. I'm not gonna play this, am I? I'm I'm not gonna want to do you sh- this. You shouldn't, but you should watch some of it to uh to confirm that you will not play it. Brad, you should maybe you maybe want to play it on a grab bag or something. I, I might check it out at some point. Yeah, it's um it's uh, it's fairly tense. Um in in the good amnesia way. I played the, uh, Machine for Pigs. I think we played with Abby. The last one I played it was more outside i didn't love it as much it was kind of more exteriors i can't remember what the name of it was this one feels claustrophobic cla- claustrophobic and scary so mm-hmm. uh that's uh amnesia the bunker that's out now uh 25 bucks if you want to be i assume it's continues its pace of being scary but i i can't say uh for sure i'm not that far into it Another horrifying scary game, uh, which uh, we'll stay on the horror bent for a little bit here. We love Katamari. Uh-huh. A nightmare of a game. What is more nightmarish than being rolled up in a giant ball of garbage by an ethereal being? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Nothing just, is the answer. <laughs> sounds like freedom to me. <laughs> uh, uh, a whimsical, uh, uh, frivolous king of all cosmos, uh, mm-hmm. just basically... Is it his children, his nephews? Yeah, his it's it's the prince is the main one, but then there are about seventeen thousand second cousins that you can unlock okay. uh, in those games. And this is the one we love, Katamari, that tells the uh, the story of uh, the king of all cosmos's childhood trauma and <laughs> like being raised under the despotic king of all cosmos that was his father, uh, who forces him to train hard and learn to be a badass, uh, despite the fact that he seemingly does not want to do that. They they reconcile in the end. I don't want to spoil too much here, but I mean, this game did come out in like what two thousand four, so it's it, like it, it, you've had some time. It's a documentary about the creation yes. of the universe. It uh, it's that's when it came out. But so this is reroll. This is the same treatment they gave to Katamari Damacy a couple of years ago when they put it on the new consoles uh, or the current consoles. And uh, I will just say right now, Katamari Damacy is one of my favorite games of all time. And so is We Love Katamari. So having the two of these now in a ready and polished up version uh, on the platforms that I currently have plugged in is very nice. Uh, what, is, what is Royal Reverie? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because the, the package is We Love Katamari Reroll plus Royal Reverie, which I don't know if it was an expansion to it or, or some other bit of, um, bit of Katamari that came out. Because I had never heard of royal i don't really know what 
I guess that is the stuff that is tied to like the the stories of the king and all that stuff. But I don't really know much about what Royal okay. Reverie is supposed to be. I've just been playing We Love Katamari. Fair enough. Is I mean, the look, thing that I've been doing. Do they add any? Is it like a spin move or something that they add? What did they add that's different than Damase? I think the spin move may have already been there. Um, okay. There was definitely some camera stuff that they did to make it a little bit more manageable in that one, uh, because that was kind of one of the failings of that first game, was that the camera could be kind of awkward in weird places. Is there um, multiplayer added? There is multiplayer in this okay. one. I think th- I think that is an addition for this one. I don't think the co-op was in the first one. Okay. Uh, very cool. Where are you playing it? I'm playing on PS5, uh, and I will say one very fun thing about this game is that they basically have to manufacture load times for you because whenever they do the thing where you hit the the benchmark where it scales the world up, there's a little bit of dialogue from the king uh, as he's getting ready to load you into the next world area. And he's just like loading, loading, and it takes about two seconds, and then you have to click through his dialogue to get to the next thing. Uh-huh. Those used to be real load times. Now that's just sort of there, it feels like a weird vestige of the mm-hmm. old games. Um, not to say they wouldn't have to do something when they do that world load, but still. What was the last new Katamari game they made? It's been a while, hasn't it? Was it the Vita one? Not or did maybe? they make one after that? I think Touch My Katamari might have been the last one. Mm. That's, um, the, that's the Vita. But these are the two that still had uh, Keita Takahashi working on them. After that, it was just internal right. Namco without him. Right. I forgot about that. Very cool. I think I might pick this up for the kids. Um, yeah. I got, tried to play Katamari uh, Damase with them. They were younger. I don't think they quite got it. They played a little bit. They kind of liked it, but I feel like they're, they'd be into it now. Uh, yeah. It's it, they're just fun games. The soundtrack is probably my favorite of all of them for this one. I mean, the first one's really good, but this one kind of takes it up several notches in terms of weirdness and yeah, I don't know, it's just nice to have these games in a very readily accessible. Like I've already g- almost beaten that campaign in a, you know, I mean, they're not long games, but you know, you obviously want to go back and continually make bigger and bigger catamaris as you see fit. You got to find the strength. You're out yeah. there to uh give the king of all cosmos that strength. And this one has a lot more of like the weird themed stages where like you're uh you know someone needs a really bright katamari so all you're doing is rolling up fireflies or you want to make a snowman head katamari so you're trying to make the biggest snowman you he- head you can on the mountains. We love katamari reroll is out now it's 30 bucks uh continuing his quest for strength Brad Shoemaker has Bosch doing Oh, fuck Bosch. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I haven't, seen that, wow. I haven't seen that asshole wow. since yeah. last week, and well, I do not care. Well, if you needed another uh, show title, <laughs> fuck Bosch is just right he, there. Hanging. He made his choices. Uh, how are you doing in Street Fighter Six, Brad? Not uh, doing pretty well. I did my placements on that stream on Friday on the PC yeah. version and made it into bronze, which is not the lowest tier you can get placed into, which I will take as a victory. And so, that absolutely is a victory. Is totally. Um, is it stone? In, what is the... Uh, I know iron is below bronze. Okay. I don't know if there's anything else below that. Wood, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, Rubber. It's kind of it's, it's random timing, but it actually feels like kind of a stark contrast to Diablo with pretty good cross-platform progression stuff that Street Fighter Six has none. Oh. Like none? zero? Wait, even with this Capcom account stuff? Yes. That's 
that's kind of extra why it's so strange to me is that you are binding, you're making one Capcom ID and attaching all of your platform accounts to it now. And yet I got on the PC and went through that, I jumped through the hoops to connect to Steam and then like none of my friends, friends maybe, I, I don't think I actually added any friends when I moved to PC, but like... World Tour progress all gone, rank Oof. gone, Oof. unlocks gone, like everything is that's starting from real, scratch. That's a real shame. Cross-play is the big thing. Like, oh, that's the thing you want in a fighting game more than anything, but it sure would be nice to take the same other stuff back and forth, which you super do not. Did you place again on the PC version? No, I, I have not okay. done the place, placements on PS5 yet. Oh, like, okay. Saving those. Saving those A for not the launch window when every mm. wannabe Daigo is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, when I get some more time with it. Uh, I started going through one of the character tutorials for Ken. Like, those are pretty good. I think okay. those are pretty good. They just step you through all the special moves and some of the other kind of like normals and offensive, op- off- offensive defensive strengths for the character and stuff like that. Like, you go through step by step and it's just like very plain language. Like here's what this person's good at doing. Here are some options they've got in this situation. Okay. Like press the touchpad If you want to jump in and try it yourself or you can just move on to the next one. That's cool. Here's, here's where you would use overdrive moves. Here's like, Hey, canceling from these normals into an overdrive fireball is a thing you can do. Like it's, it's pretty good. I didn't finish it. Yeah. There's quite a bit there to absorb, but like if you want to pick a character and like learn a lot of their nuance, those, uh, those character tutorials seem pretty good. I will say, yeah. Halfway through that tutorial, especially with overdrive moves requiring multiple button presses. Uh oh. I sure did think at one point, like, man, some of this would be easier with a stick. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right there with you, dude. And then I put those thoughts out of my head. Okay, I haven't yet. Granted, <laughs> I did just buy a house, so maybe I put that one further down the purchase list. But sure, playing this. And seeing MK and fucking Tekken on the horizon has me seriously thinking about buying a fight stick again. Yeah, I might wait until at least MK is out and see if I stick with either this or that mm. or both before I would make you any stick. kind of investments. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But yeah, some of this stuff, like, I think the PS5 controller is generally fine, but it was definitely sort of pushing it. I think I think the Beyond PS5 limits a little bit. The PS5 D-pad I find pretty easy to use as far as doing like the classic style of you know Street Fighter moves. Uh, I I think it works pretty well. But yeah, there's just some part of me that's just like, yeah, but what if you had a stick? Yeah, yeah Alex, I might I might I'll, wait and see. I'm gonna drop off my fight stick to you if you want it. I've got two of them. PS5 here. fight stick. Um. PS5 can work with the PC, so I think that's the one I have. I, I have to double-check and make sure. I think it's it's the PS5. Xbox is the one that you always need to get the special one, right? I think oh, so. No, the- X, no, Xbox sticks definitely work with PC. Oh, they do? Yes, because they okay. just show up as like Xbox input devices. Oh, is it wireless Xbox stuff? That, yeah, wireless every, Xbox um, stuff is weird, yes. Well, even those should work with the dongle now. Hmm. Uh, or Bluetooth if they're new enough. I don't know how much I don't know how much Bluetooth support is in sticks, but the Xbox One controllers have supported Bluetooth for a long time. Okay, I'll Just double keep check. Keep in mind, I'm playing all these. I'm probably going to be playing all these games on PS5. So 
Yeah. I'm surprised you guys didn't walk, or at least you, Brad, didn't get out of all that time at Giant Bomb with some extra stick floating around that was like, ah, we don't need this anymore. I guess you you were there with a bunch of people who were like fighting game enthusiasts. Yes, I was like yes. number four on the totem yeah. of people who cared about fighting games. <laughs> right, right. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember sticks showing up for years anyway. I think the okay. last time I had a fighting stick in regular rotation was during the, the heyday of Street Fighter 4. Like I had one yeah. of those 360 like Hori sticks or whatever, yes. and I, I yep. used that thing pretty regularly. I also have the relatively cheap Hori 360 stick. Okay, I'm not going to say my fighting sticks are good, but uh, I might have that. Tell me about the sticks. I think it's the Hori stick. Um, I got one to play uh, Dan that time in that Soul Calibur, that fucking Soul Calibur tournament that Uh we did, which I was like, I just need to get a stick, um, and I need to get to You needed to free yourself any way you could. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm going to take a look and see what I've got here. Hold on a sec. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, he left. What would we do? I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll stretch for time. Oh, wait, here we go. He's pulling something out here. Rummaging around in the basement, although not that far, so it must be close at hand. Yes. I bet I bet there's a lot of stuff in that basement just sitting around ready to go. It's a bigger basement than you think it is. Okay. When you say the cheap hoary one, uh, am I, is this the cheap hoary one? Um, That looks... It's in the neighborhood. Even, that looks maybe nicer than the one I've got. Yeah, okay. that that one definitely. I can't tell what some of those controls at the top are, but that's definitely bigger than mine. Okay, mine, mine was the mine Street was, Fighter branded one. Yes, uh, mine might be Soul Calibur branded, but it's definitely very much like big enough for the stick and six buttons or eight buttons, and that's about it. This is the real Arcade Pro EX, and I think I changed the buttons out on these, um, the Hori one, and this is an Xbox one, or at least Xbox branded. So I don't know if this will play on. I don't know if this will play on the PC or sorry, oh, I, the PS5. I, I found a picture of mine from the 360. It is extremely basic. Okay. It's a, it's a stick and six face buttons, and that's it. And like start and select. That's oh, all you just, need. No one's ever needed more. And then the other one I have is Mayflash, and this will do. <laughs> so it's PS3 on it. <laughs> so it'll so do uh, PS3, and I think this is the one I. Maybe I got for the Soul Calibur one. I think again, my 361 I is in storage right now, so soon I'll have it again. Yeah, but I wonder, um, if, I wonder if there are adapters for Xbox to PlayStation. You I know, feel like some of the modern ones now are meant to be platform agnostic. Like they build in a switcher uh, yeah. between platform. Also, I don't know what's happening at the software level because there there has been some rad shit like Skullgirls built in cross platform stick support. Yeah, uh, oh. the driver level. Like I, uh, I think I think Cowboy maybe had contributed to that driver. Oh, I to, vaguely to make, remember that from a while ago. Cross platform. I'm not sure how much of that is happening in in individual games these days. Um. Anyway, fight sticks, dra- racing wheels, yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Flight, flight sticks, fight sticks, and racing wheels. Yeah, so, at, at some point I will do my placements on PS5 when I feel more comfortable. But <laughs> that's it's nice to just have a game that I fire up for 15 or 20 minutes. Hell yeah. Evening and just play three or four matches. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. Still, still main and Ken. Uh, yeah. I mean, just by default, cause I have 30 years of institutional knowledge there. Mm-hmm. There's still a pretty limited selection of characters I've been seeing. Like I've never seen a guile or a Blanca or a who else? Honda. Huh? I haven't seen any of them come up at all yet. They're all ranked much higher. Those are the, those are all out there in the, 
the gold tiers. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe they're yeah. all S tier and I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, you don't it's, know. It's, it. mostly, it's mostly a lot of Ken, Ryu, and the new characters so far. Mm. Still enjoying it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. Street, Street Fighter Six still out there. Get in there before Mortal Kombat hits in I, September. I can't, uh, can't believe it took me like a week of playing online to figure out like Drive Impact straight into Super Art is totally a thing you can and should do. <laughs> Oh, geez, that they can't get out of the drive impact? Well, if, 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 I'm still not clear on all the mechanics, but there's the one where they just end up in that standing stun. Yeah. As they drop to their knees and you can super just bust out your super. Oh, boy. There? Oh, I'm never going online. That's it. You just sealed it for me. I'm just going to get smoked. I'm going to wind up in the the wood tier. Uh, Street Fighter Six out there now. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the games this week. A lot of Diablo. Uh, Diablo time uh, in there. I've got, I now have a a decent backlog of stuff I need to get to. I really wonder what's going to get finished first. Is it going to be Tears of the Kingdom or Diablo at this point? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Diablo seems like it has the potential to be very long unless you just mainline the story quests. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but also Tears of the Kingdom, unless you're uh, just jumping in there, same thing, probably doing all those side dungeons. Also a very long game, probably. Probably. A lot of big games, a lot of good ones. A lot of hours spent. Uh, that's going to do it for the games. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the news, including some Apple news. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Factor, Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what Factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds and cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've gotten some Factor before. I've actually mm-hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put it in the toaster oven, put it in the microwave. I did the toaster oven. It was ready. I think in the toaster oven, it was ready between like 10, 15 minutes. Pretty quick. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter, truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, ooh, potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Oh man, oh, Factor, man. what are you, what are you doing to me, Factor? With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50 
to get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. All right, we are back, and it is time to jump into the news. And I want to say while we were doing uh, live stream Monday was the Apple thing. Is that right? Yes. Worldwide Developers Conference keynote was Monday morning. Monday. And um, as we were streaming, just as we were wrapping up, their big headset, AR headset announcement happened. Brad Shoemaker, what, how do you sum up? Their headset announcement. What would you What would you say in summary if you were thirty four ninety nine? Just leave with the price. Wow, thirty four dollars and ninety nine cents. Apparently, that's exactly how Tim Cook phrased it on some morning show when they asked him how much it cost. Thirty four ninety nine. Oh wow, what it's what a steal! Uh, Three thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars for Apple's new AR headset. All right, between the two Apple, of you, Apple Vision Pro. We should Apple, say is the name of it. Apple Vision Pro. The, the uh, other thing I'm going to say before we get into this, uh, this is like barely video game news. So, go uh, with that. Going there is in. barely video game news, so, you know, here uh, we are. Yeah. Uh, how many um, how many impressions pieces have you guys watched since this keynote of, like, people who got hands-on? Uh, read through a couple. Okay. Uh, I also have talked to our friend Norman Chan a little bit. He got hands-on with it? Who, who got to try it. <laughs> uh, what, um, what, so, what have you heard? It's weird. Like okay. who it's for is very unclear. This Someone is with thirty five hundred dollars. That's who it's for at this price. And like, I mean, did you guys watch the announcement? Like their uh-huh. actual manicured stage thing? I did, and it's uh, it was something because they lead with um, like messages and maps and mm. productivity stuff, and then here's how FaceTime works on it, and then here's how three D photos and videos will work that you will record. And then Microsoft Office will be coming to it. And then only mm. then at the end do they go, oh, by the way, here are some like brand new apps some developers are making for it. And then only after that do they say, we're working with Unity to bring blah, blah, blah. You know, they're, they're going to make, make Unity, whatever development tools, SDKs and stuff are necessary to potentially bring Unity games to this thing. I'll be right back. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it very much has the vibe of, hey, early adopters that are love Apple stuff. Do you want to early adopt this new thing? This probably won't see mass, if it does, mass acceptance for another two iterations, let's say. Mm-hmm. And But at the same time, this does feel like they are maybe trying to push what the upper limit of what even the early adopters will jump on because... I saw some, at least one video of some people that were doing a live watch of the the Apple keynote thing, which I would assume that's all the, you know the the Apple uh, home fans there watching that. And when that price was dropped, it was mm-hmm. a big old uh. So I'm of a couple of minds. I am certainly no Apple uh, fanatic. I Apple's Apple's kind of hit and miss, right? Like sometimes Apple reads the market and they get in ahead of something, right? Like yes. Uh, uh, smartphones and uh, uh, portable music players, right? Mm-hmm. They, I, I think they read the, read the tea leaves there. They put. I in, think that you know they like in the tablet era. I feel yeah. like they kind of led the way on the tablets. Yeah, they uh, uh, they their design they out designed everybody and they priced <laughs> they priced accordingly uh, to or overpriced accordingly. Um, and people followed, right? People went mm-hmm. in there. Smartwatches, 
you know, they're not for me, but and they weren't the first out there. But I also think that it was a slow acceptance of uh, the Apple Watch. and I They think have now- definitely become a lot more commonplace yeah. in, in a slow burn build in a way that normally Apple stuff doesn't. It usually yeah. hits in a bigger way. Like this one, I feel like I just started seeing more and more Apple Watches as each year went on. Yeah, so I think I think the watch was a much more slower acceptance. I think like their their AirPods are pretty uh, successful and popular, even though they're not the first. They kind of forced them to be, yes. <laughs> uh, but they do design stuff. So, um, Brad, we we're talking about uh, who is this for and, and kind of early adopters, and you know what the catch on rate will be for this in generation two or three, if it'll be there. Because for me, the VR market still doesn't seem to have penetrated deep enough to warrant what Apple is pitching here yet. You know, this still feels somewhere between 3D glasses and the promise of AR, you know, that realm of, well, we could all be using this, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a real lifestyle change for all of us. Yeah, like, I mean, if you believe the long view some people are taking on this stuff, this is just their stopgap until they can get to actual AR, just straight up glasses, which is what they would really like to be doing. Yeah. But for the time being, this is the best they can do. I don't know. This thing is weird. I don't know. Is this just for wealthy executives to replace their MacBooks with to take on the road and feel like they're in the future? I don't know. It's, it's a productivity and communications device, primarily. It's, um, it now, almost feels like, like they're just, going for like an enterprise level of like, hey, you know, well-to-do companies maybe want to get some of these for their office and for their high-ranking employees. But <laughs> like, I don't I, at that price point, and also with just sort of like no clear definition of exactly how useful this will be yet. I feel like that's not there. And well, look from a technological standpoint, this thing does sound very impressive like i will say the people the stuff i've read from people who have had hands on with this and have kind of gone deep on the specs they did not skimp on what they are putting into this thing i think the problem they're they're maybe running into is that like nobody can envision an actual use case where they they would want to run out and spend thirty five hundred dollars right now norm norm said his favorite thing he did on it was watching avatar 2 so so that's the biggest use case i've seen so far is i could see this being a thing where for those luxury luxury flights, the ones where you spend $50,000 to have your own room in, mm-hmm. you get one of these, you know, to put on, to watch a movie on for two hours. Cause I think that's what the battery, well, maybe plug it into the plane at that point, but like for ultra rich luxury things, like you can be like, Oh, you get a reclining seat, your own room or something. And we'll provide uh, an Apple vision pro t- with mm-hmm. the latest movies on it that you can watch, check your email and do those things to kind of isolate yes. you from everybody if, else. If you are a living Habsburg, this is the device for you. There's a ton of setup you have to do. Like there's like straight up face and ear scanning and stuff <laughs> you have so to wild. do before so, it'll work. You saw um, that FaceTime stuff, which is just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Maybe I'm a Luddite. I don't. So, Obviously, if you're doing FaceTime, you can't, people can't see your face. So you 3D, the, the headset 3D scans your face before you put it on, obviously, and has an animated version of you responding in FaceTime. No, that's, but that's not maybe the weirdest thing. And, and this is actually the, the coolest, most conceptually interesting thing that I think Apple's trying to solve. And that is everybody knows. When you have a headset on, it's very isolating. Uh, you know, you've gone into another world. Everybody else in the room is non-existent, and you're kind of non-existent to them. Mm-hmm. Be like Apple's 
stopgap solution to the glasses is this project your eyes onto the front of it thing where uh-huh. people can see uh, the cameras that look at your eyes. Well, there's an OLED screen. Is it, is it actually OLED? Yeah, there's I think it's no OLED. OLED on the front. Um, that puts your eyes to people. If you want them, if, if you're not engaged in some deep VR sensory deprivation chamber thing, like watching a movie, you can, um, or I don't know if it's if you engage the actual pass-through cameras, but your eyes will project on the front so people can see your eyes looking at them. Two, from what they showed decent effect it doesn't look that weird it's just it, it does look looks weird like, it looks weird but not that weird and plus you haven't gotten all the weird ang- you know from what i saw in most of the footage is very um uh curated footage let's say mm-hmm. didn't have every light angle and stuff like that so you don't see the weird you know somebody's tilted their eyes don't get weird or you know if the camera's positioned weird or they, you know their eyes are tilted or in a weird spot but that's that's a hard problem to solve and probably the biggest thing i've run into in a family situation with VR is I don't like bringing it up because it's super isolating. Like if you're with your partner or with the family, are you going to put your headset on and watch a movie while everybody else is sitting on a couch? Or is it going to be a thing? Nope. Like we're just Apple would love if everyone in the family had one. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking to my wife about it and be like, do our kids have to be like, that's because we're not going to deal with this. I don't think, but be like, Hey, no headsets at the table. You know, mm-hmm. everybody take your headset off at the table or um, like, hey, if your friends come over, no headset. We're not wearing headsets because we deal with that with phones, right? Like, hey, if your friends come over. Try not to just sit and watch each other's phones, right? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be like, hey, if your friends come over, no headsets on? Is is that the world that, that Apple wants us to live in? I don't know. I think I, the, I think the world they want you to live in is the one where you give them $3,500 and they don't give a shit what happens after that. I don't know. What we talked about this before, but uh, Brad, you have one, you got one recently. The Apple Watch prices came down dramatically in the last couple of years, right? I don't know if the prices did. They've just gotten dramatically better. Okay, like the first two, three models of Apple Watch were kind of garbage in a lot <laughs> okay. of ways and are completely obsolete now. Mm. Um, but now they are very capable. So you, you think Apple more than ever is just in the Apple early adopter will pick up the tab on this while we iterate and, and kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure what the end game is. I mean, you know, the end game is like something that just looks like a pair of glasses and does yeah. everything this does, but that's who knows how many years away. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing, I think this thing is cool as a test bed way to push forward. Some of the component technologies that they have to develop and improve and iterate on to make it. I'm nodding. Yes. Like would I spend even a third of this price on this thing? Absolutely not. I have zero interest in like using this thing because all they really showed of it was a different way to do a lot of things you're already doing. Yeah. So with the exception of like actually the coolest thing in there was that virtual production line that they showed. It's like, hey, you could see a life-size representation of the new production line you're tooling up in the factory with this. Like that's kind of an interesting application. But FaceTiming with people, you know what? I've got an iPad. I'm good. I don't even I, FaceTime with people on regular phones. There, um, there, there are situations where I would like to test this out. They showed, um, you know, the, the, like you said before, productivity suites. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think they're doing, if this catches on, I believe there will be things that other VR or AR headset manufacturers will want to incorporate. The thing where you can uh, shift uh, um, 
I don't know what you call it, the crown they have on the side that shifts how much of the your real environment comes through while you're in the in the screen. I think that's a good idea for situational awareness. We're not full situational awareness, but some the eye tracking sounds amazing. Like, you know, they have, what, four cameras in there uh, tracking our eyes? Again, they are not skimping on the technology, it seems uh, like. The downward-facing cameras, so you can just snap your fingers or click your fingers for navigation. Is a yeah, smart did you thing? guys talk about lack of controllers while I was... No, no, we didn't. Like, that's no. kind of, like, the big... Probably the biggest difference between this and every other headset out there, and also one of the most relevant things for games, if they ever even actually get a lot yeah. of games shipping on this thing, which I'm not convinced. <laughs> but no controllers, so... Yeah. No controllers. Are games going to, are those, is the gesture recognition going to be accurate and fast enough to work with video games? Who can say? Also, um, no keyboard, obviously. So a lot of voice recognition. So, you know, in a production environment, you you don't want to just be talking out the entire time. If you were, if you are wearing this thing to isolate, let's say, instead of looking at monitors, are you then just speaking aloud to um, I think you could, you can hook up into your Apple ecosystem, which was kind of neat, like looking at the Mac screen and bringing in your desktop. Like those are very Apple things, right? Stay mm-hmm. in the ecosystem. And I think you can hook up a keyboard to it if you want, but you better be a good touch typer. Um, uh, you know, I am or, or not <laughs> so, uh, it, really interesting. Also heard very heavy. Um, yes. that doesn't surprise me made of glass and, um, and metal. So uh, Two-hour battery time, battery pack is external, kind of um, as a wire that goes into a battery pack into your pocket. They sure didn't call a lot of attention to that battery pack in the demo that they showed. It's got the look of, it, if anybody hasn't seen it, it looks like a pair of ski goggles. But it's got the look of early prototype shit, like which is kind of cool. And I think that's one of the hurdles they need to clear here, apart from the gigantic price, is that, you know, look, it's not like people have not tried to attempt consumer-facing models of, of this sort of technology before. I mean, you know, Google Glass was a thing, albeit a much more limited device than what this is trying to do. But the problem is they are not getting, they are, to my mind, they are not clearing the you-look-like-an-idiot hurdle, which is one of the most important yeah. hurdles for a device like this that is going on your damn face. Yeah. Agreed. I think we lost Vinny. Oh, wow. I thought... <laughs> thought he was just stunned at your at the quality of your analysis yeah um i yeah i I, yeah again i again i think this thing is like conceptually interesting as something to spectate and see what they do with it and what other tech emerges from the development of this thing is this something i need in my life not a not a chance not at all not at this stage of my life as it looks right now like maybe some games will come over to it via the the unity tools they're going to be developing but is the install base for this thing ever going to be big enough for that to happen at any scale? Who knows? I'm going to say no, probably not, at least not in the, the immediate future. Did Microsoft abandon their uh, AR? HoloLens. HoloLens. Did they abandon their ambitions around that stuff? Uh, I can't remember where that has ended up. I think they had a new product planned there that may have gotten pushed back. Okay. Um. Because they not, were definitely targeting, like, the enterprise level for that thing. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I remember taking that HoloLens appointment at E3 seven years ago or something like that. And something like that. Compl- like, my mind just blown completely, but... I mean, HoloLens had games. Yeah. Uh, that thing has not, like, come to, obviously come to market in any kind of mass market way. Um, but anyway, well, also, while, while we're back, on the Vinny. subject... Hmm? Wait, are you moving again? Okay. Yeah, no, Vinny is moving <laughs> again. Welcome back. Uh, again. 
Sorry, yeah, I don't know what happened. It, um, uh, Apple kicked me out for saying nasty mm-hmm. things. Tim Cook's yes. always watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, just while, while we're on the subject, uh, Meta announced the Quest 3. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that timing of that announcement was not coincidental. Not a lot to say there. Higher res screens, better performance, slimmer, more comfortable headset, they say. They didn't really publish specs or anything, so like, it's a better Quest. It's mm-hmm. the sequel to the Quest 2 is basically all there is to say there. It's coming out, I think, later this year. Um, I mean, I guess the biggest thing to know there is it's kind of sliding in at the current Quest 2 pricing. Mm-hmm. And the Quest 2 will continue to be available and is going down to 300 bucks. Okay. So, you know, that's a decent headset getting cheaper, so that's cool. You know, I might think about... Uh, we'll see where the PC stuff goes. I have the PlayStation VR stuff now a decent amount of stuff continues to make its way over to PlayStation VR. So I don't know if I need the PC side yeah, of things at between, this point. between that and that developer who very aggressively <laughs> said, Hey, this may never happen. And then seems to keep making a lot of progress on making it happen uh-huh. between, between ports to PSVR two and that development effort progressing on making that headset work on PCs. I also am just going to wait and see how that goes. Wait and see. Also just uh, VR technology just seems to be iterating despite yeah. Despite what we feel about adoption of it, people are moving forward uh, on development teams, apparently. And, you know, say what you will about who this is for, the Apple stuff, who this is for, a $3,500 headset. People pay attention when Apple puts out a product. So, you know, there will be plenty of people looking at this being like, oh, should we rework our headset? Are people going to get into this? I have no freaking idea. Yeah. I I don't think Apple does either. You guys talked a little bit about Google Glass and, and stuff like that, but uh, I think the I think the thing, aside from looking like a complete dork wearing this stuff, is uh, I don't think people are that comfortable with just wear seeing other people wearing recording apparatus. You know, like mm-hmm. they did. My wife and I were really joking, having a good time about this because she was like, "What the hell? Uh, that recording of the 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 kid's birthday or the 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 kids the dad? Do you remember that part of the demo mm-hmm. where it's the three D recording?" And she was like, this is like every video game you play, every horror video game you play. How do you watch back any of that stuff without thinking somebody's dead? It is every yep, like, definitely. happy, happy birthday, daddy. Right. Happy birthday, daddy. We got you this cake. Blow out the candles. And be like, that's when the other guy walks in the room and somebody slams <laughs> down the recording in your sci-fi ship. And you're like, oh, what happened? Uh, they were all killed on, you know, whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I played Soma. I know where this ends up. Yeah, it's like every every weird holographic 3D recording uh, thing just means the person you're watching has had some horrible, mis- yeah. <laughs> horrible and definitely, definitely some shades of Black Mirror a couple times in that presentation. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know I when somebody's wearing that and talking to you, it's just hard to get past. Like, can you just take the fucking thing off? Can you just yeah. just take the thing off? That's yeah that's the part yeah like how are you going to react if you go to like fourth of july barbecue or whatever and somebody shows up and spends the entire barbecue in one of these and just interacts with people like no no and that was a google glass problem it was a it was a real google glass problem like everybody you saw wearing it you were just like dude come on just just take it off we know this is a it's got the same thing where we know this is like for or it makes you look like a rich tech bro you know like because there's a barrier to entry here that is a fucking lot yeah. Uh, and second is like, do we need to do this now? Do we need? To, I'm telling you about my divorce. Do you need to have the fucking thing on? Like, no. 
Are you watching Avatar right now? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll be curious to see where the technology on this goes because there is some pretty advanced stuff in here. But as a product that I f- feel any desire at all to own, not not in this non-existent. Life. Look, Apple, if you want to send me one for free, I'm okay to that. But I don't think I can get it in on a thirty-five hundred dollar um, headset now. I, I, I am way more interested in the actual coolest news out of WWDC. Yes, Brad, segue us like, out of this. I didn't even see this until this morning. I mean, understandably, the Vision Pro has kind of dominated all of the talk out of that conference. Apple is, has straight up developed a Proton-style compatibility. In fact, it is also based on Wine, as is Proton. A compatibility layer for Mac OS and specifically ARM Mac uh, machines to run DirectX 12 Windows games. It's really weird. Which is just like, what the... I like. I quite literally out loud exclaimed, I'm sorry, what? When I saw that this morning, like, don't think we really need to get into the decades long history of Apple not giving a single shit about games here. But like, what? Like, this is wild, man. This is really crazy. They're working with Code Weavers, who's also involved with Wine and Proton. Proton is the Valve, mostly Valve developed compatibility layer that runs on the Steam Deck to make Windows games work. Mm-hmm. This is a lot like that, and that's but, um, that's for Unix core stuff, right? That's uh, for Linux. Yeah, you can you Proton. can run you can use Proton on any Linux desktop machine as well, right? To play Windows games, um, but it is very actively developed for the Steam Deck as well. Uh, this is nuts! Like this is completely crazy. The gaming porting toolkit, the game uh, porting toolkits. Yes, mm-hmm. there's straight up an animated GIF in this Verge story of them launching. I believe it's the Medium. Yes, they are like straight up launching it from a terminal window, launching like medium.exe or whatever here and having it run on the Mac. I like people on Reddit have grabbed the developer version of this already and have benchmarked stuff. Like mm. it seems to work pretty well and runs shockingly well. Like I saw, I saw somebody running Cyberpunk on Ultra on a baseline M1 MacBook Pro. They're getting like 15 frames a second on Ultra, which doesn't sound like a lot, but like <laughs> that's not bad for a laptop at all. So, let alone let alone a situation where you're translating both the graphics API and the CPU architecture on the fly. Like it's like I saw footage of somebody playing Diablo 4 at like 80 frames a second on a MacBook Pro. Like it's so the, it's kind of nuts that this that they've done this. Like it's just so not like Apple to put out something like this, but I'm really curious to see where this is going to go. This Verge story kind of um kind of pushes the narrative in the direction of this tool is mostly now for game developers to see how optimized their games might be on this system and how much work they'd have to put in to kind of make it run at a comparable level to a PC. Yeah. Not, like, ne- not necessarily for running a game directly like, at this point. Like, like I said, I, I just found out about this this morning. I'm not versed well in this stuff, but like looking at some developers on Mastodon talking about it, it seems like the licensing for this also might not be such that you can just ship a game on Mac with this. Mm, like it, it very much seems like it's geared toward developers at the moment, but also anybody with a MacBook or any kind of Mac can actually just go get this right now and try it out. Right. Right. Um, but I, I don't think it, um, at least according to the story is probably not a, n- not being sold as a, Hey, just take your PC library and run it on a, a Mac. It's more for, uh, optimizing and, and seeing how much optimization you have to do as a developer yeah. for your game. Uh, hence the porting porting tool part of the the game uh, license, yeah. But it's or the name, but it's you're it's, right, dude. It, it is a weird step for Apple. It's wild to see. They also, I mean, not to just turn this into Apple Hour. They also announced an ARM Mac Pro finally. 
like a straight, uh, straight up Mac Pro tower or rack mount if you want. Yeah. But like a full on full on Mac Pro with a 24 core ARM CPU in it, which is like something people have been waiting on since they changed architectures again. Look, we get one Apple hour, maybe two per year on this podcast. So let's I say milk it for all it's worth. Well, you know, just to tie it back into the headset, I don't know if we mentioned this. The headset is a fully contained um, CPU. Yeah, it's, it's a it's fully contained. Yes. It's got an M2 in it. Uh, it's not streaming so. games from a, a, a Mac laptop or something like that. It is running its own, which I don't know. Do you think this has one to do with the other at all in terms of like, mm, if you ever want to get a game on this thing, I know we said it has mm. no controller support. It has, but if you ever want to get windows app support here, could this be a step into bridging a connection between PC and, and Mac development? It's possible. It's a, uh, it's a weird one. Like that yeah. headset is what, like Brad, you said uh, like 10 times. It is not, pitched as a gaming device Ooh. like a it is no controllers it is it is not but it's gonna need an ecosystem if it's gonna live and there hasn't been a lack of a mac ecosystem people make mac apps all the time we'll see let's see what happens yeah, but yeah the idea that you could just play something like diablo on your macbook on the go now pretty awesome yeah yeah yes without having to open up um like steam streaming or or uh I don't know. I was, was it Coco? Gonna my uh, what's the old map? Uh, Ac, uh, Mac. Uh, Coco uh, is a development framework. Um, yeah, it's Coco. That's what I was thinking of for mm-hmm. for making my Mac apps. Oh, like my, sure. Uh, my, yes. my Coco apps. Yeah. Uh, is that OS? Is that early OS ten? I think so. I think that sounds right. Yeah. What am I? You know, put me out of business. I think that's going to do it for the Apple event stuff. I mean, well, the the relevant stuff that we wanted to talk about here for the Apple event stuff. Obviously, Apple has all of its other announcements with their studio pros and the whole other thing. But we are not here to report on that. We're here to talk about video games. And we are in the season for Breezen. The season for the reason? <laughs> yeah, sure. The season for treason. And Whoa. I'm talking about Jeff Keighley stealing E3. Jeff Keighley is a traitor? Uh, to E3 he is, to the ESA he is. <laughs> God, what, I mean, I, what was that headline I saw? I didn't read the story because it's, the pull quote seemed a little sensational, but it was something along the lines of like, Jeff Keighley says he didn't kill E3, E3 killed itself or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what is happening? Here it is, yes. Drama. E3 killed, it. quote, E3 killed itself, not competition from Summer Game Fest, says Jeff Keighley. Oh my gosh. They well, found Keighley. He's, he's not, he, he's extremely not wrong. No, but, you know, I'm just surprised he found time to give that quote in between uh, frantically looking up every dead celebrity on Moby Games and getting a tweet out on the Game Awards account. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, He's still doing it! So they won't stop. They won't stop. They walked into the room. They found they found Keeley standing over E3, but they can't prove anything. Um, yeah. Uh, the, we have this Summer Game Fest. I really want to call it Summer Games Fest, but it is Summer Game Fest happening... Uh, as at the time of this recording, uh, uh, like 24 hours from now. So uh, we decided to uh, jump in and see, talk about a little bit about what we have going on, because we also have Microsoft's showcase happening on Sunday, Ubisoft happening shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Brad, you've uh, you've kind of sent around some lists of some upcoming games. We got 2023 yeah. in review here, or in the in the front front view, not in review. Yeah, um, just, thought, just thought we would talk about what we want to see, what we yeah. expect to see. Eh, expect to see is tough this year. Things yeah. are weird still, but maybe well, maybe more want to see. 
Well, well I mean, like, the- this year is better in general, I think, for releases than the last couple have been for obvious pandemic-related oh, yeah. reasons. But I, I feel I, like a lot of it has been front-loaded is the thing. Yeah, I, I, I meant things are more weird on the, like, convention show circuits, like, with these yes. three almost making it and then getting canceled, but these other events still going forward and stuff like that. It's just kind of, like, things are chaotic about, like, what's getting announced where and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the upcoming from, like, July until the end of this year, and there's, you know, it's it's pretty well filled out until about September, and then you look at October and November, and it's like, oh, cool, there's, like, 12 games here. And the rest, and there's, November. there's, like, nothing in November, and then there are, s- like, like 600 games that are unknown, don't have a release date, queue something, what have you. Yes, with apologies to the day before and the Fox <laughs> awaits me, Hana. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like there are literally no games confirmed for November yet. Like that, that is not the November I know. That absolutely will change. What's it going to be? I'm mm-hmm. excited what will to be find there? out. So confirmed so far for at least Summer Game Fest, right? Mortal Kombat and Alan Wake. So we yes. cross those off the list. Excited um, to see those. Can I run down in, in our database tool here? You just tell me, Brad and Alex, no way or yes to seeing any of these titles appear in the next three weeks at something. Here's what we have with no release date so far. Frostpunk 2. Mm, maybe. maybe. You could say maybe. Could maybe. maybe. I'm going to say maybe, maybe on that okay. one. Not really, not not the flashiest <laughs> thing for a stream. Terminator, but that's like a middle of the stream thing. Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. Uh, I'm going to say okay. no. Wonder Woman. Um, maybe. Uh, you okay. know, that's a, okay, that's a poll that I had not considered. Monolith okay. is doing that, and yeah. It's been a very long, well, not a very long, it's been like, what, six years since? But they haven't shown anything of that yet, have they? No, no, they just announced it like a couple of years ago, but it's been, I think it's been, I think Shadow of War was 2017. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, Star Wars Eclipse. No. Maybe. Mm, Okay. I could see that maybe popping up. I'm saying no. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff on the books now that I think about it. I'm going to say, all right, Outer Worlds 2. Maybe I if we see anything out of Obsidian, I would. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay, I'd I, say I, maybe. I, I would say I would. That's probably the one so far I've named that I have the most faith in seeing. I could I could see that maybe being on the Keely show. I would I would rather see avowed from them if I could mm. pick from Obsidian. Uh, I'm gonna skip a couple here. How about Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora at the Ubisoft thing? Maybe that's no. at the Ubisoft thing. Absolutely. Okay. That will absolutely be there because if it isn't, that's a bad sign. Um, Dune Awakening. Oh right, <laughs> right. Is that, is that like that's not like a four X or something, is it? Open world survival MMO. A what? Yeah, I forgot oh, about that one. No, the oh, Spice that- Wars is the the strategy game that is already uh, currently exists in early access. Right. Uh, God, weird. This is Funcom. So maybe because I think isn't that other Dune movie supposed to come out this year? Oh yeah, the part two. Dune part yeah, two, I, I, think I think is this year. I think you're right. I think that's holiday. Yeah, it's November this year. So I bet they probably have that somewhere. Uh, I got a game here called Weird Song, which I didn't quite remember. That's in that's from Nettie's, uh Where Wind Meets. Man, uh, the finals. Maybe What's the finals. That's, that's the that's the embark competitive shooter that has been run a couple of alphas already okay yeah so that's i'm gonna put that in the maybe 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 get a trailer somewhere i i i mean if we're talking about embark i would love to see more arc raiders yes uh hades 2 maybe 
I could see it. Depends on where they're at with that one, because I, I don't really know. But, I mean, if it, if they feel like they're in any kind of, like, reasonable launch window status, I would say definitely. That is one that Keeley would absolutely go after. Death Stranding 2. Uh, here's, what I'm, here's, my, here's my Kojima check-in for this thing. Uh-huh. He will be there to promote that documentary about him and nothing else. Not even a, that. Not even a not even a teaser for Death Stranding two at that point. I would believe that. I would believe that. There's also the question of um, that studio's Xbox exclusive game as well, and whether that shows up in some form. But oh um, yeah, I also would not be shocked if he is there and has no games to show. <laughs> uh, Splash damages next game, which or ne- maybe next game, which I'll remind you is Transformers Reactive. What? That's not a real uh, game. Transformers Reactivate. Reactivate? Reactivate. Still not a real game. Transformers. Nope. One, one to four player online action game. Uh, nope. Is Close it. beta planned for 2023. Oh, right. Right. I don't think they've shown what that even looks like, have they? I don't think uh, they have. There's they an have, announcement trailer. Right. But that's I, remember, I remember this announcement trailer. I yeah. don't think they've shown any footage of this yet. I don't remember this <laughs> at all. It was at something. I, I can't remember. Okay. Might, maybe it was at the last Summer Games? I don't I, remember when this got shown, but I do remember seeing that video. Uh, Transformers movies coming out this year. Flashback two, man, eh, probably. Well, maybe in some part of the summer game, maybe. like like uh the the PC part, maybe somewhere. Uh, let's see. That's probably not going to go. That's probably not going to go. Marathon, nah, nah. nah they saw, they, they just announced stuff, yeah. that they're not going to. They're no, going to wait nah. on that one. Yeah, nothing. Uh, there's a lot of this stuff is stuff we just saw. Revenant Hill probably won't see more of for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd uh, say anything at that Sony thing. Yeah. In fact, and also anything made by Sony is completely off the list. Yeah. Okay, so we got Stalker Two. That's got a date. I could right? see it. I could see it. Uh, that obviously got delayed by the war. Yeah. Yes. Um, and but it's 2023 at this point. Yes, right? I think that's the closest to an actual date right now. They've got it listed at December on Steam right now, so okay, that seems very. So that could mean anything. Okay, we mentioned Arc Raiders. Um, do you guys remember Replaced? It's that uh, very two point five D cool looking game. Yes, I do remember this. Yes, it's a, like kind of pixely. Yeah, I got like a yeah. Blade Runner look to it. Yes, um, that looks cool. That would be cool to see. I'd like. To I feel see like that. we're due to see more of that one. Spider-Man 2. We saw so much nope, of that. We saw it. Nope. We just saw it's nope. Sony. We're done yep. on that one. Yep. Yeah, That's nothing from Sony. Uh, let's see. Uh, we Space Marine 2? Mm, I could see that being a key <laughs> <Nice>. three thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd see a trailer for that. I, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Space Marine 2. Warhammer finds its way to get into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyper Light Breaker. Maybe? Yeah, that game got delayed at some point, didn't it? It's it's still but I think, it, I think still dates. in the 2023 window. So uh, if they were going to do it, that would be the place to do it. Quantic dreams under the waves. I don't know if the world is ready to start seeing quantic dream games again. I didn't even know that was a game. Uh, I think this still has a possibly has a 2023 dates. It's possible that they'd have shipped around. Uh, uh, we did just see some new I footage. Thought, oh, I think of a uh, RoboCop Rogue City. That's that's, oh, that's quantic dream just publishing that. Oh, okay. it's parallel not studio. Robocop, the thing we were talking about before. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, under the waves, uh, Robocop. You think we get a Robocop? More? No, I think uh, we I just mean, saw it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, not at this stuff. I mean, that's out pretty soon. They that's just put a new trailer like thing out for that. 
That's out in uh, like three months. I'm kind of curious about that thing. It seems a bit self-aware. Uh, moving out too. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. A, not a, hey, not a, not the biggest thing, but uh, could be killer clowns so, from outer space. The how game. are we both looking at that at the same time? I was about to say that. <laughs> what the, the fuck, thing, man? It's the next thing on my list. What the fuck? That's we're always thinking about it. All yes, right. No. Uh, I if they're gonna, yeah, that would be the place to do it. I don't think it would show up anywhere else. Um, okay. What about the new Like a Dragon game? I could see it. Does that have a date? Maybe. Well, I don't know. It's, it's it doesn't feel like it's been that long since that changing of the guard on that team. Yeah, but I mean the the it big might. one is supposed to be out, I think, next year. But there is like a smaller thing that I think is coming out this year. Yeah, if it's out next year, I could maybe see something showing up from it. Uh, Steam World build. Uh, that's a that's pretty close to done, I think. So maybe. Oh, does that have a that's, date? Uh, uh, I don't it, think so, but I mean, okay. they put a demo out and everything. So. I hope so. I, that that demo was fun. That'd be fun. Um, and that's all I have for 2023 and uh, stuff with no dates for um on our database stuff. Yeah, what else you guys I mean, want to talk about? This is this is really just obviously relevant to the Microsoft stream, but like uh, what that thing is is kind of all I care about right now. They have like the most he, things that are just in the dark right like, now. Like Keeley will have stuff, but like they've Microsoft straight up has like a dozen games announced with no date, some of which have yeah. been announced for years now. Uh-huh. And they've got a stable of satellite studios that have been quiet for a while that might also have something ready to show. What would you so, say, Brad, on, on Brad Shoemaker's, like, hey, we need, we need proof of life. We need to hear from you. Uh, what is the highest on your list? Or what are, the, what are your highest? I mean, I'd say there's more stuff I want to see. I don't, I'm not going to say anybody, like, needs to prove that they're still making a game necessarily. But No, I don't mean that. I, I, I don't take my analogies or metaphors too seriously. I just I'd, mean, what would you like to see? I'd, I would like to see Everwild from Rare. I would like to know what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I would like to see what Playground's take on Fable is going to be. Uh huh. I would love to see State of Decay three. I know you uh-huh. would. Uh, again, like Sea of Out from Obsidian, which seems quite in the vein of Skyrim. If you've forgotten about that game, I have forgotten um, about that game. Not, I like Perfect Dark. Like, eh. Mm. I'll I'll look at that, but I'm not exactly mm. champing at the bit for it. I'm not expecting like, to see it here, but like I, I do want to see what that Kojima Xbox game is going to yeah. be. Yeah, like maybe maybe they give some more details on what that's going to be. Um, Compulsion has to be making something. The We Happy Few developer. Yeah, uh, like it's that's what I mean. It's like they've it's been a while since they shipped something. Like ID, it's been three years since Doom Eternal came out. Like ID obviously has to be working on something by now. There's, okay. There's, there's whatever is going on at Machine Games. Is that Indiana Jones though? That's Indiana Which Jones. Indiana still. Jones, and then maybe who knows if maybe they have more than one thing going. I don't know. Mm. Um, because there's also the question of what the hell happened to Wolfenstein. <laughs> well, I think what happened to Wolfenstein is those games didn't sell as well as they hoped. Yeah, um, yeah. What happened is Indiana Jones, I think. Yeah, but uh, we're probably still too early for even an announce of a new Double Fine thing, even if it's not like a a, a Psychonauts level that's... thing, right? It's been like two I, years. I could see a Psychonauts expansion or, or like side or story. Or like or some smaller game from them. Yeah. yeah. It's been two yeah. years, right? I think. Um, 21? Yes, it has. Aaron Greenberg was out there 
hyping a bit, saying that there would be no CG-only trailers at this thing. Well, that's okay. encouraging. Like that everything that's a Microsoft have, thing. Yes. That everything shown will have at least some in-game stuff shown. Okay. Which either means they're going to show exactly three games, or it could actually be exciting. We'll see. Yeah. Or he's capitalizing on the discontent coming out of the Sony thing, because mm. he's a pretty savvy marketer. It's a pretty easy discontent to seize on, to be fair. Do you think Microsoft puts any 2024 games up in their thing this year? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah? yeah Only if they're confident in it, I think. Always always the potential to say, hey, here's this coming next year. Okay. Uh, uh, if it's like, well, it's hard to say if it's like Perfect Dark or something that's been known about for ages and they say it's coming next year, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's not like I expect to get all these games coming out this year at all. And they're going to do um, Starfield is going to get its own airtime, but maybe they'll do a small teaser. Yeah, I bet. I bet they show some Starfield during the main thing and then they're doing that like big deep dive afterwards. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll know more, a lot more or everything by the next time we have a podcast. So it'll be interesting to kind of go over um, what we what we do and do not see. Um, I got some 2024. It's Suicide Squad get pushed to 2024. Is that how far the date yeah. went out for Suicide yes. Squad? Yes, okay. it did. Yeah, I remember we talked about it a yeah. month ago or so. Oh man, okay. It's hard to I keep forgot. track, but yes, I it forgot did. how far. Okay, and then Homeworld also got pushed to 2024. Yes. Okay. Video games. Oh, Some I forgot come out. I forgot Ninja Theory is doing two things. They've got Hellblade 2 and then also whatever that Project Mara is that they announced like two, three years ago. Oh, right. Like, it's just a ton of stuff that Microsoft owns. Judas, that's got a 2025 yeah, date. Maybe I could, you know, like Keeley certainly is out there a lot talking about like, hey, I'm at Ghost Story. Here's me and Ken Levine. Or I got to play some of that game a while back mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, he definitely is <laughs> in with them. I could maybe see some Judas stuff showing up. Is it worth showing Judas? I guess that's a separate question. Is it worth showing Judas stuff? Considering it's an announced 2025 game. Like what? What do you, what are you how, building how much, up towards? It, I think it really comes down to how much uh, damage control do you think you need to do to the reputation of, uh, you know, Ken Levine and his whole thing. Because that guy has basically just been behind a curtain for over a decade now. Mm, like just yeah. like trying to get out there and, and like, hey, up. remember him? Remember yeah, the Bi- yeah. remember Bioshock? Maybe don't remember Bioshock Infinite, but do you remember Bioshock? It's <laughs> sure. been a while. Yeah, been a while. Uh, all right. I mean, that's a lot of potential stuff they could show that we just kind of rattle off, and that's just stuff that's mostly announced. Aside from where we said some studios that have been quiet for a while. Yeah, there will so, probably be some surprises in there somewhere, but. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, to, to be clear, especially at Xbox, I'm not expecting to see all of that stuff by a long shot. That's just no. all stuff that we know about that could be there. Uh, I just, um, I just came across a name I haven't seen in a while. Slitterhead. Oh Ugh. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Where's Slitterhead? Uh, <laughs> the people are wondering. Can't say that out loud. Man. Somewhere. <laughs> Who was making that? Boca. Isn't isn't it isn't it Yamaoka? Yeah, I believe it is. Silent Hill fame. Man, I believe I thought that was his, right? I think so. This has Boca Game Studio, but I don't know who Boca Game Studio is. It's Uh, led by Toyama. But I think I I think I think Toriyama is is involved in it. But like, uh, yeah, it's it's Toyama Studio. Okay, 
Anyway, oh, okay, yeah, Yamaoka, Yamaoka is, sorry. Is, is, is involved in that game. I, my, my, my knowledge of the Silent Hill development history is not great. Um, but yeah, Yamaoka is doing the soundtrack for Slitterhead. Here, here's, again, developers, do what you gotta do. Publishers, you do what the developers gotta do. <laughs> the, uh, here's what I do wanna hear, though. Or it would not like to see. I don't want to see too much added to this pile that necessarily feels like it needs to be announced without a release date, right? Like we got a lot of stuff out there currently in development that is kind of ethereal or feels like it's, you know, just a name and a trailer. And I know publishers want to get their studios out there and create buzz, but we don't need to make this list of indeterminate release any bigger. No. Yeah. It'd be like, nice to it'd be nice to start getting dates for things. I, I would I would rather get like dates and and looks at things we do know about at this point than a bunch of new, a bunch of new stuff announced that's not going to be out for another year or two, or at least or or indeterminate, right? Like, hey, we just want to get a buzz out there. Uh, but if you're saying there's no uh, CG trailer, that means whatever they show has to be in some state of development at the Microsoft thing, at least. Uh, and the Keeley, I'll say this: Keeley Summer Game Fest. They show a lot of stuff back to back. It is it's two hours for a reason. And it's, and it's not a lot of chatting, you know, it's dense. And then there's like a weird, uncomfortable segment of chatting every, you know, 30, 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, that feels here's, like, you know, here's what's going on with season seven of our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's just talk about, you know, last of us TV series for a bit here. Yeah. Here's and, Neil Druckmann know. to stare in the middle distance for a while. Yeah. So, We'll see. I don't know. It's, but it's say what you will goof on it and we will probably goof on it. They show a lot of stuff. Uh, yes. And it's, it's, it's pretty dense. So we'll be talking over that on a Thursday. Then again, Sunday for Microsoft and it's, um, uh, Ubisoft the week, uh, following week, which I think is Monday is their showcase press conference. And that's, those are the big announced ones, right? Are there a- anything else? I know there's other side things happening that um, we might not be talking over. Um, I'm sure Devolver doing a thing Devol- this year? Devolver's, Devolver's got a thing. Okay. Capcom just announced a thing for Monday afternoon, but it's like 30 minutes long. And is there, um, are they doing the PC? Is it the PC game show? I don't case know or? if that's happening this year. Okay. Uh, we're not going to be covering everything. Uh, no. But we are going to try and do Xbox and Ubisoft. Um, did EA announce their own thing for this summer? Like a, uh yay last i checked had not announced anything okay. yeah pc gamer is doing the pc gaming show again okay. on sunday uh on i will sunday, say yeah. ea ea did just send out a press release today for their madden stuff so they may already be like hey this is just what we're doing this year interesting or maybe they'll maybe they'll get in somewhere else maybe they'll get on the in, show stuff at the keely stuff and I bet uh, one or two EA things will pop in there and maybe at yeah. Microsoft as well. I mean, the, the EA did have at least one thing at that Sony thing, if I remember correctly. Uh, I look, I'm looking forward to it. You know, always look forward to the big showcase stuff, and this is what it is this year. And then, mm-hmm. uh, um, I was almost going to say Leipzig. Gamescom still happening, right? TGS yep. still happening uh, towards the end of the summer. As far as we know. Uh, Leipzig not happening. No, uh, Leipzig hasn't happened in some time. XO, just not happening. Uh, this is what we got now. Bring it back. Uh, bring back XO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just, I bring just had to look World. up. We, t- we, looked, we talked a little bit about XO on Never Been a Better Podcast just very briefly. And I went to go look up the dates. I didn't realize they brought it back, um, you know, not recently, but in the 17th, 
like 2017. I don't know yeah. why you call it XO in 2017, but I think it was, I think it was some slightly different format or something. Still world hopping still not out there. A, not quite as big a thing. Uh, so that is going to be your not E3, uh, uh, stuff that we'll be talking over and the games you potentially may or may not see there, uh, or that like we are interested in mm-hmm. seeing or not seeing. Uh, that's going to do it for the news. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. We're, uh, we got a podcast email address here. It is podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com. Uh, we are going to grab those emails. We'll put them in another show, send them on in. Uh, we'll look over them and get them in another show. I get my butt out of here and, uh, go to a fantastic, if you can hear me upstairs, uh, uh band concert. Uh, mm-hmm. middle school band concert. Wow. Way to suck uh, up to your own kids. Uh-huh. Hopefully, hopefully an indoor one indoor. I was keep waiting to see if my phone beeps to see if it's canceled or not so far or not. But, um, uh, yes, I get to watch my son play French horn, uh, which I'm very excited about. I want to thank everybody for listening uh, this week. We had a bunch of stuff going on this week, aside from the Thursday and Sunday press conference stuff. Uh, on Monday, we played some Diablo. I mentioned it before. We jumped in Diablo four, played some co-op. We got the ramble cast up. Now we have uh, last week. Our planorama went up at the end of the week. This week, we just recorded it on Monday. We have never been a better podcast with Abby and Bacalar. You can hear all about Abby's, um, uh, trip to Europe and you can hear all about Bacalar lamenting seeing people he's a very social creature indeed uh you can check that out on friday uh we also have the watch cast going on we have started down our lynchian highway Mm -hmm. with blue velvet we are not lost on this highway we are found and we have found our way to the the films of david lynch i might be a little lost okay i might be a little i'm doing my best to help wherever i can i need a compass uh, we have Blue Velvet. We are watching Dune this week. So if you want to keep mm-hmm. up, you can go watch David Lynch's Dune, and you can find that over on the Patreon on Monday. That's Patreon.com/slash/NextLander, along with the uh, schedule for watching is over there in the posts. If you want to keep up over there as well, Patreon.com/slash/NextLander. You may have heard of it. It's where you can find a tier that's just right for you over there. Bunch of fun stuff, like we mentioned. Never been a better podcast, watchcast, ramblecast, all those fun things to check out. But there is one tier there. Alex Navarro, do you know yes. about this tier? This I am aware of this tier. tier. Alex, would you do the honors of recognizing our mysterious benefactors for this week? The privilege, the honor of naming these mysterious benefactors. Okay. Our mysterious benefactors for this week are RRE, John Richardson, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, uh oh, it's Brad's midsize hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Gary Pesky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, The Bunny Demon, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgris 2 endorses Remap Radio in a podcatcher near you. Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, 
Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. I'm just going to say right now, if you want us to endorse things on these uh, here shoutouts, make sure it's a thing we're comfortable endorsing, like, say, our good friends at Remap Radio. If it's something we're not down with, we're just not going to read it. Fair enough. We will editorialize. Yes. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Remap. Uh, yes. And, and, the, and the launching. Uh, you should go check that out. Uh, best of luck to them over there. And um, <laughs> whatever's happening advice, I don't know. You know, know, I'm just happy my friends found a way to do a thing out of the thing they were already doing. Whatever happens to fight at this point, I. It's over there. (laughs) You wave, you hand wave, you push it away. Yeah, congrats to them on watching that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say that I'll just quickly mention here. um, We mentioned it on Never Been a Better Podcast. Alex, you mentioned it specifically. And I looked it up this morning as I was editing the show. Looks like the CNET editors did unionize. Yeah, uh, they did. uh, Over there. Um, And they are. Sounds like they are like as of today, the story is going up um, in negotiations over there for for um, like what that looks like over at Red Ventures. I guess. Uh huh. Remember um, them? I do. I do. I thought that was kind of interesting to see. Uh, um. Uh. Just just happening very recently. You can catch where that comes in. I've never been a better podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to tune in on Thursday and Sunday and Monday for those press conferences, Summer Game Fest, Microsoft, and Ubisoft, respectively. Uh, We're going to be talking over those. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro, thank you as always for joining us here. And thanks, everybody, for listening, supporting, and watching. Also, Mm -hmm. plenty of stuff to watch. Uh, we appreciate it, and we'll be back to make sure we uh, uh, to acknowledge that we got everything right about the press conference stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll be back next week. <laughs>